Welcome everyone to episode 124 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm here with Logan. Yo. And Carlos. Cheese. Today we do our spring 2020 reviews. Um, definitely. You got it right. I did. I got it for a change. <laughs> oh my god. It took 125 episodes. <laughs> um, we did our spring 2020 reviews. Uh, pretty short review season. Uh, obviously with the environment that we are dealing with that everyone's dealing with. Mm. I don't think I need to really say what it is. Um, and uh, we've got less shows. We were able to get the reviews in one cast. Holy crap. Um, yeah. That says something. Uh, but it was a mixed bag of shows, I'd say. There were some surprises in there. There were some shows that, you know, surprises on both ends, I guess. Yeah. Good and bad surprises, yeah. <laughs> um, overall, I, I'd say it was a... For what we got, I was a little worried with all the shows being canceled. But with, for what we got, I, I, I think it was a, it was a memorable season to say the very least. I think there was a handful of shows in there that I definitely won't forget. So, um, absolutely, yeah. But uh, before we cut to the music and to the episode, I just want to make everyone aware. Please listen through to the end. Uh, we've got some important messages at the end there. Yep. Um, so make sure you make sure you listen through. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the episode. season is going to be thought of as the coronavirus season like it's got to be this one right in the future yeah just, like just the year right <laughs> just the whole year i guess yeah the 2020 just will always be <laughs> like all the anime in 2020 were coronavirus anime i don't know the i don't ones like that survived <laughs> the ones that like would have started production uh like when like lockdown really started taking effect i wonder if like fall we're gonna start seeing some dips in quality um and maybe maybe people have already seen it, you know. Maybe people have already seen dips in quality, but like I'm looking at my list of shows, and while they're shows that I didn't particularly care for, it's not because you know animation or anything dipped. It was it was more story. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, yeah, I wonder if there were shows, and there's a couple I have suspicions about uh, that were maybe thoughting, thinking about going to core, and they realized like, well, we just we we should try to make this try to make this a one core show um 
kind of rushed it out in the end. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if we'll ever find out how some of these shows were affected hmm. uh, by the lockdown and everything, because obviously it's affected everybody. I feel like like the Japanese companies are are going to be pretty tight lipped about that. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to kind of open <laughs> discussion <laughs> with. Um, I mean, it's like 2020, the year of coronavirus reviews. This is the first season, I guess, that's been affected by it. And I think we will see the next season um, in the summer. Uh, obviously, there's just less shows in general, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully the quality of those shows isn't affected. And I can say, honestly, the shows that we watched this season, at least the ones I watched, I didn't see anything obvious. No, as far as kind of how it affected the production. So maybe that means they were kind of completed early. Um, maybe they had them mostly done before all this happened, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. What season is this? Summer? Summer? No. Yeah, no, this, this is, is spring. 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 Yeah. I, Summers. I've lost all yeah. track of time. You're falling into my trap. Yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to delay. <laughs> until one of you guys said it because i wasn't quite sure myself <laughs> <laughs> well i'll take the fall for you jeff it's summer you. spring season <laughs> summer, spring. summer spring i love it um and uh yeah it definitely i mean just to kind of do you guys have anything you want to talk about kind of opening like anything you've been up to anything that's been going on with with you and in your lives uh playing a lot of final fantasy and minecraft but that's about it. Oh, Minecraft. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy has definitely been a, a nice way to kill the time uh, at home. Um, I was expecting to start traveling again for work and just found out a couple days ago that unfortunately due to Wave 2, I will <laughs> be home again until God knows at this point, like, I just expect to not travel again for the rest of the year, but we'll see. You just do all your work from home, like all your conferences and everything? Yeah, basically okay. just gonna have Zoom to try calls. to make do mm-hmm. with Zoom, which I don't know if you've kind of had to use Zoom for anything for, for school not. or work or whatever. Yeah. it It's fine. Like it does the job. And I think most people probably have had to encounter Zoom in one way or another, um, or at least seen people using Zoom and some of the bloopers on Zoom or whatever. But I mean, it's fine, but... I'll tell you, I miss, and this is one thing, like when I'm giving a presentation in person, I didn't realize how much I uh, kind of, I work off of people's facial expressions, like the way I can kind of tell what path I want to go down, depending on how the audience kind of reacts to certain Mm -hmm. things I say, or um, if I'm teaching and there's something that I say that I I look around and I see the faces of people, they're blank and they clearly didn't get it <laughs> it lets me know that i can maybe really re-explain it um and i did do an in-person training uh the week before last and having the masks on it was as if i was giving a webinar anyway because i didn't I, I literally i couldn't see facial expressions and when people talked to me i couldn't tell who was talking to me <laughs> so it it was it was weird yeah it's i hope it's not something that will be long term because it drove me nuts and I'm going to have to think of some kind of like a, I was thinking of like maybe creating emojis, like on putting them on like little paddles or something. So people could hold them up to oh let me know God. how they're feeling. <laughs> something goofy like that. But um, 
yeah it, it's a weird it's a weird time that's for sure and uh zoom yeah zoom is zoom's fine but i feel like zoom came out of nowhere like yeah I'd me too never heard of it mm. no i used it for work and i wish i'd bought stock in it when i uh first <laughs> yeah. started using it um because it, it's it's a nice it's it's for like web conferencing stuff like cisco and microsoft and like there's plenty of them out there but they're just a lot harder and zoom i think it's just really easy and that's why it's really taken off the way it has but mm. um there was a long a while ago i had thought about using zoom to try to create gameplay videos just because i had used it for work and this is huh. this is years ago and i was like i wonder if i could use zoom i think i i had a conversation with one of you guys about it um and i just I don't remember. It wasn't anything serious that I thought about. That that was before we started streaming more. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember any conversation like that, but it's possible. Yeah. Anyways, this isn't a uh, this is not an ad for Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that they need us anymore. No, no they don't. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, yeah. This is uh, the spring twenty twenty anime season, and. Uh, this is pretty much all you're going to get for the reasons we'll get into later. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we reviewed some shows. Uh, some of our shows were canceled, um, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, um, we'll, uh, we'll start out with, uh, with one of mine. Actually, I didn't even, I don't think I drafted this one. No. Uh, but it's uh, Kaguya-sama uh, Season 2, or Kaguya-sama wa uh, Kokura Setai. Um. Well, you know the whole love is war thing. Uh, so love is war, love is war, love you know, <laughs> actually, the OP for this one, uh, which I think is called Daddy Daddy You, is really it's the same guy, really fucking good. Um, <laughs> I don't know so, why that's just a very catchy OP. <laughs> uh, we we pick up. I mean, it's it's a lot of the same. Uh, from season one. Uh, we pick up though, and and uh, the school year has progressed, um, where uh, Shiro, uh, yeah, Shirogane, um, Yuki Shirogane, the the uh, class president, is still class president, and uh, Kaguya Shiromiya Kaguya is uh, the um, uh, vice president, and you know all the the, the crew is still there. Uh, but because the year is progressing, they're getting ready to go out of office, uh, and they were, I believe. I can't remember if they were first or second years. I think they were second. I want to say second, yeah. Um, but essentially, they're, they're you know forced to kind of give up their role um, for the next election cycle. And um, there's actually like uh, amidst the you know the uh, jokes and stuff like that, there's um, there's actually a really touching scene where like uh, because you know the previous season was the previous year and they have so many memories in the the student council room. Um, where like they're leaving the student council room and the door closes and like like they're they're leaving and they're pretty nonchalant about it as soon as the door shuts like chica starts bawling and <laughs> and like they all you know realize you know what they're leaving and stuff like that and they're kind of i don't know they they just go about their their like normal high school lives and stuff like that um uh Shirogane is not called you know president anymore by any like and it's it weirds kaguya out that she you know has to call him by his last name um 
and this all kind of culminates in a like a like a kind of uh, emotional scene where Kaguya, you know, begs uh, Miyuki to uh, run again, to run for student council. And him being the sucker he is for Kaguya, he you know, agrees. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess that's counted as a win for him because she actually, she actually she asked, him to do asked him to do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this actually leads into the um, kind of one of the new characters for the show, who is um, uh, Nico uh, Ino, who is um, I don't know, but like she's part of the school discipl- uh, disciplinary community, and she, you know, she's really super about like rules and stuff like that. And you know, normally those characters are seen as like an annoyance, and she definitely is by a lot of the student body. Um, I was expecting this to be kind of played for laughs and then maybe they'd, you know, extend a hand out to her because, I mean, another case of like the OP kind of giving away the story, like you see her in the OP with the student council. So it's like, okay, she's eventually going to join them. Um, But the way they did it was surprising to me uh, because apparently she had been going for student council uh, from elementary school to now to high school. Uh, And, uh, each time she had gone for student council, she had progressively gotten worse uh, at um, making speeches because huh. nobody wanted her um, her policies. Because a lot of her policies were, I mean, pretty dumb. Like, you know, like like Japan, like Showa era Japan levels of like shaved head bo- for the boys, like like bowl cut <laughs> for the girls, like, you know, that kind of nonsense. What the hell? Um <laughs> But, but like, a lot of her other stuff, like, n- it wasn't just, like, that. Like, but that's all people saw. And so people balked it. And, like, every time she made a, a speech, like, she would kind of get destroyed. And, and it would just destroy her confidence that much more. Uh, but she still wanted to, you know, make the school a better place and stuff like that. Um, and uh, uh, it w- I think it was actually, too, because, uh, like, there, there was... This- really touching scene where it's like you find out that her parents are both police officers and she finds out like that the reason they have to be out so often is because there's so many bad people in the world so if everybody just behaved then her mom and dad could be home it's like oh no uh (laughs) so um like that's kind of her onus for you know wanting to be like part of the student council um but um uh miyuki uh, goes up and de- like actually I think it's uh, Kaguya goes up and delivers just like this incredible speech and all eyes on her on her because you know she's the this really rich girl this really pretty girl you know the, the one that demands attention and so like that Miyuki goes up and he's about to make a speech but instead he calls her to the stage and argues with her and in arguing people start to see that like some of her platforms actually make sense and mm. you know and like. And, and he kind of builds her up and like, uh, kind of like I get kind of rebuilds that confidence that was shattered in this argument, kind of by playing the the villain to her, you know, I guess kind of good guy. Um, in the end, Miyuki still wins, but by a much narrower margin margin than he would have. And people are actually going up to Miko and saying, you know, ah, oh, you know, I'm really sad. You know, it was a close fight. I actually voted for you. You know, and stuff like that. Whereas before like people would like post kick me signs or vote for me no it was they post 
it was like a kick me sign, but it, like they post something that said vote for me on, on her back uh, as like a mean prank. Um, so I really, really appreciate that. I'm like, wow, this, uh, I, I wasn't expecting it to, to go this way. Um, I don't, I won't go too like, cause a lot of the show still is, you know, the, you know, uh, one-off gags and stuff like that. And, and, you know, them trying to get one up on one another, which is fine. Um, I still find that semi-enjoyable. Um, it, I thought that was one of the things I remember liking about the first season was that it was mostly gags, but there were some touching moments mm. in the first season. And uh, it sounds kind of, she sounds like a cool character, actually. <laughs> yeah, Miko actually was a really cool character. Um, the second half of the show, not the whole half, but like the, the next, you know, big moment that they build up to is, was actually one that actually I had to take a break a little, like from watching stuff for a little while. Um, so, uh you you ishigami the uh what is he i think he's like the accountant or the sure. treasurer yeah, yeah. um they kind of go into his backstory and uh I, like aside from being just like the perverse you know kind of one-off jokey nerd character um he it's sh- uh shown that like in middle school he was you know the same kind of nerdy kept to himself you know morose kind of character uh but there was a girl who would um you know, at least try to cheer him up and talk to him and stuff like that. You know, a friend. Um, and this friend uh, got herself a boyfriend. He said, like, he even said something like to the fact of, like, in middle school, whenever I, I ran, you know, across a couple, I'd wish that they'd both explode. But for her, I only wish her happiness. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It turns out the, the boyfriend was a piece of shit. Oh. Um, not only cheating on her, but had nudes of her and was, like, told, basically told you, like, if you tell her, I'm sending these out um not uh, and it's it's not even it's not even t- said what what it was like i assume nudes because sure. it's middle school but it seems like he showed him a video which like if you're a te- if you're a teenager don't let people videotape you in the act what the fuck is wrong with you sorry minor tangent <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh <laughs> like that kind of stuff i hate that kind of shit but like i i as a storytelling thing and, and like why he was the way he was um and like he was expect like because um he beats the shit out of this guy like just absolutely demolishes this guy's face um yeah. but this guy was also like and, and they make a point of doing this uh he was like the the lead of like the drama club or whatever so he gets up and makes a big thing about how uh how you was a stalker he was stalking his girlfriend and and, you know, you know, uh, how he was sad for him, like, you know, this boyfriend's like, oh, I'm so sad for you, you know, um, you're so pathetic and stuff like that. And so the whole school turned against you and he gets suspended and, and he's told if you write an apology letter to this asshole, um, you know, we'll we'll call it square. And uh, when he goes back, like the girl he I don't want to say was interested in, but was was uh, kind of friends with, uh, you know like has disdain for him everybody in school has like this massive disdain for him so like he goes back and he's going to write this letter just he's like i don't give a shit if if you know he makes revenge porn of you you know but he as many times as he writes the letter he never actually sends it he just keeps like like there's like a bunch of balled up papers in his room and so essentially i think i don't know how but he like maybe he gets like some kind of 
form of like a GED for middle school or whatever, because he essentially stays locked up in his room for the next few years of middle school until, yeah. And he never sends, sends any letter or anything like that. And it's actually Miyuki, the, uh, you know, who's getting ready to be the student council president. Who's like going to try, who's like, I want you for treasurer because, you know, I've seen your grades in this and this and this. Uh, I know you're good enough to be in this school, so I want you to apply. And then he, he, it's, it's kind of like ham-fisted the way they do this. I don't, I think it was like more of a timing thing. They didn't have enough time to show more, but like he essentially Sherlock Holmes is like his way through the case and is like, you know, oh, I figured, you know, this is why you weren't sending the letter and this is why you beat this guy's ass and all this stuff. And, and then he tells him, um, nothing happened to the girl. Uh, because she, um, um, like they just broke up her and the, her and the drama guy broke up, but nothing ever happened to her because the, the guy who was in the drama club was so afraid because, you know, you locked yourself in your room, uh, and weren't sending him an apology letter that he just kept his mouth shut for fear of, you know, other stuff getting out because apparently he was some kind of playboy or something. Um, and this is all in the context of like the the uh like this is all flashbacks that are happening during a um sports day for their current high school where the girl who he was friends with shows up and is constantly kind of tormenting him by you know saying oh you like what a nice life you have because she blames him for her boyfriend breaking up with him with her she's she's none the wiser like has no idea what's going on she just thinks you's a piece of shit mm-hmm. um and it all kind of like kind of because like use like joins like he starts he's starting to get a little happy and then this girl kind of comes back of it to his life and you get all these flashbacks and shit like that um and it all kind of culminates in like they're he's about to do like he's going to be the anchor for a marathon run and she's talking shit to him on the sidelines and he says he goes what do you say something like go to hell idiot <laughs> like fuck yeah <laughs> he just kind of like let's go and it's just like whatever um <laughs> but like just saying that like shocks her and like as she's leaving she kind of lets go too so it's this really awesome and touching moment but it's like the build-up was hard to watch really fucking hard to watch in a good way but a bad way too i don't know it's really hard to say but i i loved his story i was really happy for him at the end because like um he loses the marathon spoilers again spoiler cast uh, and he's, you know, worried everyone's going to hate him and stuff like that. But his teammates all rally around him and it's like, oh, you're so close. And like, you know, oh, you know, you'll do better next time and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, damn, that was that was a really good way to end that arc. God damn, that was good. Um, it's kind of great, like really deep. Like I forgot. Well, I don't know if the first season ever got quite as deep as you just described, but that's. Um, I'm, I'm glad yeah. they chose to focus on the side characters. I will say that. Um, like the gags were funny. Like they go back to you know, Chica having to t- to teach Miyuki. Like, I think at one point how to sing, and in another point, uh, they try and teach him how to dance. And like they have that whole like she basically kills herself to try and teach him because he's inept at oh, those God. things. But uh, <laughs> well, it's like you remember the volleyball episode, like where she has to teach him how to play volleyball because he's embarrassed. Cause, sure. Yeah. Um, and like at the end, she's like, she's all tired because she's been teaching him all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. 
So I like need to watch this actually. That this sounds that this is reminding me of all the reasons why I liked season one. Yeah. So so there's a lot of that, but like it you watch those to build up to those moments where it's like, damn, these are some really fucking good kids. Um Yeah. Uh the the ending was was, you know, really cute too. Um just but it, it I mean it still ends on like a I they're still kind of dancing around it, but at least one couple got together, like the one from the first season. Uh, I don't remember what their names were. You see them a little bit, like, uh, but yeah, like that. Those were the you know the big points. Those were my main takeaways from this 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 uh, the season where where Miko's kind of uh, like the building up of Miko and the the redemption of you were like, wow, this is a really fucking good season. Way better than it than like a gag comedy anime has any right to be. Um. So with that, so, I actually think I'm gonna. Is there anything about this season like that was that you would say was like way different than the first season? Like as far as the direction it took, or does it pretty much hit the same notes as the first season? I mean, did? in terms of the comedy, it hits the same notes. But I think it the comedy kind of stays the same. Some of the gags get a, like I won't say old, but like okay, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's the definition of old. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but. Um, in terms of like the you know the I don't know emotional moments, it it turns it up a lot. Um, hmm. With that, I'd, I'd say I'd probably give this a four out of five. I really really enjoyed it. I think it probably could have been some parts of it could have been better, but like the the I think what what like if it had just been like gag comedy, it might have been like a three three point five. But I think the the Miko and you arcs really brought it up for me. So. Definitely watch it if you've seen season one and and you're interested in season two. I mean, I'd recommend it. It's really good for nothing else than those two arcs. But nice, yeah. No, it's 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 in my queue for Funimation to watch. So I'm actually <laughs> I'm kind of more excited now to watch it. Okay, uh, next one's mine. It's a show that I picked, uh, Tamayomi, which is a baseball anime hmm. um a an all girls baseball anime hmm. um it's done by studio acat who i'm pretty sure has done like nothing before hmm. um <laughs> yeah the plot keeps getting thicker um <laughs> it's i mean that's pretty much what it is there's a this girl, uh, her name's Ayomi Takeda, um, who played baseball um, when she was younger with uh, a friend of hers called Tamaki Yamazaki, um, and they kind of got split up. They went to different middle schools, I think, um, and during middle school, uh, Yomi kind of lost her love for baseball because she was a pitcher, and she developed a pitch that had like a super severe break to it and no one could catch it. And she always wanted to throw that pitch, but like her catcher and her coaches and everything were like, never throw that pitch. Uh, it's just going to lose us the game because they can't, you know, do anything with it. Um, and so she just kind of gets like really down about baseball and everything. Uh, gets to high school and runs into, uh, into Tama and, uh, they decide to play catch, and then they decide to try to play baseball again. 
Uh, we come to find out that the baseball club at the school has some sort of scandal the previous year and was on hiatus. Um, so they pretty much kind of spend the next, you know, bit of time recruiting people and trying to, you know, get enough girls to play to uh, actually have a baseball team. So I'm immediately curious because. Uh, as a Westerner, and I don't know if this is a thing in the West or if Japan does this too, obviously girls typically play softball. Yes. Is I'm assuming this is not softball. They play baseball. No, is that it a is Japanese baseball. thing or is this an unusual kind of... I, so I I think they're... Oh, man. It's yeah, interesting because it there's no mention... the show or not. Yeah. There's no mention of like boys playing baseball in this show at all. Um, there might be like some, I think they, they show like professional baseball on the T uh, TV every now and then of like, you know, dudes that they're kind of like trying to copy and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, in like these high schools, it's just all girls baseball, boys baseball is never mentioned. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, no mention of softball or anything like that either. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like. All of the girls wear shorts. They don't wear pants. So for anyone that knows what baseball's like, especially running the bases and, you know, sliding and stuff like that, it's always funny to uh, watch these girls, like, slide into a base and be, like, completely fine. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your there... leg would just be torn to shreds. Yeah, there was that baseball anime, the, the one based on a mobile game that uh, where they wore skirts. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what that one was called. I think D-Tag watched that one. Um, but, yeah. Uh, from there, they kind of uh, they get enough girls to form the baseball team. And they just kind of practice. And then they immediately go into, like, a tournament. And we get a few games of that tournament before the show ends. Um, but it, it felt like a really rushed sports show. Um, a lot of the sports shows that I enjoy kind of like really take their time and have like room to breathe and grow. Uh, this one felt like it was pretty uh, breakneck with its pace. Um, I think it's interesting compared to like American high school sports, where it doesn't seem to what matter. It doesn't seem to matter which sport it is. The only time that you play other schools is in tournaments in these anime. Like, there's no league or anything for any of these teams. Hmm. Um, so if they want to actually, like, play an opponent, they have to, like, set up a practice game and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how school districts work in Japan or if that's even a thing. Um, but I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, maybe it's, like, they realize how awesome tournament arcs are, so they were just like, let's just go with it. Yeah. Forget forget the regular season. We're just going straight to tournaments. <laughs> it's like, if your team loses in the first round, what do they do for the rest of the year? Like, is that <laughs> is that just it? Practice for the yeah. next tournament. Practice games. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Everything's a okay. practice game unless it's a tournament. Yeah. Okay, we lost in the first round. Now we have to wait three months for our next game. Uh, let's just keep practicing, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I think the show was all right. Uh, the characters were pretty good. There's a lot of them. Um, there are a lot of characters. Uh, I think my favorite of like the main team 
is a girl named uh, Ibuki Kawaguchi, who is a uh, one of two twins on the team, um, who kind of gets like roped into playing baseball uh, because her sister's like a super baseball nut. Even though she doesn't play, she like her sister becomes a coach, and then Ibuki becomes like uh, an outfielder, second baseman kind of character who her specialty uh, becomes copying people. So she'll study how someone like pitches or bats or something like that, and then try to copy how they approach the game. Which is kind of interesting, kind of like a mind game kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, but... Was she able to copy the uh, first girl's like special pitch? Uh no no yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not not a perfect copy um but there's some things you can't copy so I'm assuming though that her her pitch um Tama oh, yeah, was Yomi's. able to catch her pitch right yeah 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 so that's like the big thing is like yeah. uh Tama you know is able to catch the pitch and is you know able to give Yomi confidence again that she can be a good pitcher um and Yomi becomes like the ace of the team or whatever even though they only have nine players. Uh, yeah um animation was very interesting it was uh i think entirely cg all 3d cg or was it no 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 it was uh regular for the most part but when they got into like the game and stuff like that it kind of turned into cg and like my biggest problem with this show is that their cg character model is the same for every girl. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So like kind of like, you know, smaller, you know, kind of, you know, smaller chests of girls, like suddenly I've just like are just huge. <laughs> and it was really disconcerting a lot. Um <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't get over that part of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess you gotta Save the budget where you can. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they <laughs> might not have been one... the best place, but no. <laughs> ah, man, yeah. There's a lot of just kind of weird stuff about this show. A lot of weird dances and just character doing weird things. Huh. Um, but the baseball was fine. Uh, didn't really have a problem with that. They was there like a major rival that they ended up, you know, getting uh... up against? Or... Yeah, so they're like one of the top teams in the tournament, of course. Uh, they have to go up against pretty early, and one of the people on that team was uh, a Tama's former like pitcher, her former battery mate. Hmm. Um, so there's kind of the storyline of you know her and Yomi kind of duking it out in this game, um, and you know the rest of the opponent team is like all amazing hitters and stuff like <laughs> another really weird thing is like so i forget the what even the name of their school is i'm not gonna try to figure it out right now but yeah they've got nine people on their team i think the like the big rival team had a hundred people in the baseball club Jeez. and we're trying to figure out <laughs> when you even get to play why would you even join this club right um, <laughs> well, when like yeah, they I mean, they don't have any issues with with games because they can just play games with each other. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say like, why not just start up rival clubs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just multiple baseball clubs in the same school. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really think there's that much more to say. It doesn't 
really end. Like they they play a couple games, and spoilers, they win both of the games in the tournament that they play. Um, hmm. They were interesting games, but uh, nothing groundbreaking. Kind of wish they had more time to spend uh, on some things, but I don't know if there's going to be more. Um, and it didn't necessarily feel like it ended, so. Huh. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five because I think it's just average. Um, there's some stuff there. Character designs are okay, uh, but really perplexing CG at times. And uh, yeah. yeah, it just kind of felt rushed. Sounds a little on the forgettable side. Like you're not, yeah. like, there's not much that really stood out to you, it sounds like. I, yeah, I doubt I'll remember it in a week unfortunately <laughs> next week it's like what is that show tom, tom what <laughs> yeah that that other baseball anime that i was talking about i watched that too i don't remember its name either yeah i just i just remember the skirts and i remember the animation getting a little janky was it sometimes. cinderella nine cinderella nine one? eight thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i one day i hope there's a good baseball uh girls baseball anime because i know uh there are some good you know, boys baseball animes like uh, Major and Big Windup, and um, there's another one that I'm gonna get roasted for not remembering. But I, I know it's not Ace of the Diamond because that one's bad. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's like two two outs or two. Oh, fuck. I I can't remember. I can't even search on Mal right now because it's down. Yeah. Um, Come on, Mal. I know. Check get with together, it, man. Or- uh, yeah, Woman, that's whatever Mal's. If Mal's a man, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, they, them. Uh, yeah, that's Tommyomi. Well, the next one is one of our uh, shows that all three of us watched. There's two three of us. It's a, it's a three way. Um, <laughs> uh, Kakushi Goto. Um, you guys want me to take this away? Yeah, go for it. Um. Basically, I, I mean, I think the synopsis of this show is pretty simple. It's a dad. Um, let me pull up the Mal here so I know his name. Uh, Go, Goto. Kakushi Goto. Yeah, his name Goto. is literally Kakushi Goto. <laughs> Kakushi <Yeah>. Goto. <laughs> um, Goto-san. Uh, and his daughter, Hime. And basically, the entire show is pretty much the fact that he is a, like, I guess a dirty manga artist, an etchy mm-hmm. manga. And he doesn't want his daughter to find out because he's embarrassed about it. Um, and that's pretty much the whole show. It, it's a slapstick kind of comedy show that has interesting kind of episode. Each episode is just how he's able to go to work. And, and it kind of deals with the interactions between him and the, the other manga kind of assistants that he has at his uh, studio. What is it? Um, I forget, I forget the name of the studio. Yeah, I, I don't. Guess it yeah. Did they ever? Matter. Did they ever give it a name? Did they have a name? There was there I, was I a sign it that it showed several times. Uh, that regardless, he he owned his own studio, I guess, and these were he had a bunch of assistants that he kind of interacted with, um, and he essentially went home and lied to his daughter every single night about <laughs> what his job was. <laughs> I don't really have. In, in as far as like the general synopsis, I don't have much to say. I, I felt like no. the show itself, um, 
it was trying to do two very different things. Yeah. Um, it was trying to be a slapstick comedy, which I thought it did okay. Yeah, um, it, did all right. it never really, it never really made me laugh out loud. Like I never thought it was exceptionally funny, but it was cute, I guess. Whenever um, Hime was on screen, I'll agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like, I liked the art style a lot of this show. Yes. I, I, it was really cute. I lo- it was very, very simplified character designs, but I found it oddly inspirational watching the show um, because I felt it, it, the character designs where I feel like I could draw these characters and it, as I was watching it, I felt like I even, <laughs> I said to Tammy after I finished this, I, was like, I, I think I want to pick up watercoloring. Like I want to, <laughs> it made me want to, it made me want to get into art a little more again, just for whatever reason. And there was like kind of undertones of art in this show, as far as kind of like how yeah. manga is kind of not like a real form of art, I guess, <laughs> or at least it's kind of a looked down upon form of art. I felt like I will say it, um, it had a fucking gorgeous OP. It sure did. And, oh. and it's ED was really good too. Yeah. The music and the, generally the opening and the ED in the show where I thought, very very good i watch the opening every single episode mm. um happily um and the ed, but, the ED yeah. song was very different i don't even know how to explain it but i was i enjoyed listening to it like it ramps up really nicely it's like that's the best way i could explain it like before i go on to touch on kind of like the other side of this show do you guys have anything else you want to say about the general kind of slapsticky nature of it um i i, I think it was fine and as someone who doesn't much care for comedy Mm. Um, that's high praise mm. um, I, I will say I think it was like as someone who does like comedy it was fine which I guess is lower praise uh, <laughs> I, I was happy whenever Hime was on the screen or whenever yes. it was just him and his assistants there's one character I every time he was on screen I was like fuck was why was it to- Tomarin or whatever who or which which character uh, yeah yeah Tomaruin yeah 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 the editor fuck that guy was like, what a piece of shit. Well, not what only piece of shit. Like, it's like how? How do you get employed? Like yeah. is yeah. this is this a reality in Japan? Because I would be a fucking god as an editor. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought um I just realized Rikako is one of the VAs yeah. of the show. She's the, the idol girl. The idol girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh I liked god. I generally like I, I thought it was kind of cute, especially like Ichiko, the the sensei. Um uh-huh. he uh teacher and some of the interactions he may had with like the different women that I, I there was kind of like a weird kind of harem type you know <laughs> that was funny. undertone i enjoyed that <laughs> i did too um i thought some of that was really cute uh the kind of interaction between him and the different women in his life and the fact that they all kind of you know ichiko naru the uh what was uh i don't think uh the nanny ever really showed much no of the dealer I, um, I, I just liked the episode because it was just it was just like the I guess kind of the allure of a you know independent single dad and like like he just kind of like says like one off words that kind of set them off as like oh he must be interested in me <laughs> like them playing on that and and not just like they never went back on it heavily what they did was they would reference back to it I appreciated that I'm like oh like this is like an inside yeah. joke for somebody who's been paying attention for you know x yep. amount of episodes <laughs> I I thought that was well done. I thought so too. I, I like yet. that. Um, and if we're talking, because honestly, overall, there's not much that I can say. It's pretty episodic, slapsticky type comedy. Um, 
with the general theme of this is a guy who goes to work every day drawing manga and he's hiding that fact from his daughter and there's weird kind of interactions between he's afraid she's going to find out and um if we're talking about specific episodes i loved the um the in episode the yeah. where they go to the hot spring in mm. because it just made me f- remember so many things about our trip to japan (laughs) Uh um there were so many like little intricacies like even the room where they sit in that kind of looked down outside this the room was set up similarly um the little bag that they held that you know i guess you put your towel in the little towel in uh Uh and just like little memories that brought me back to japan that made that episode really really enjoyable for me um it kind of brought me back into the show because i was really kind of down on the show um I was lukewarm on the show, I should say, for um, a majority of it. Uh, but that episode really lured me in. Uh, but otherwise, before we go on to the other side of the show, do you guys have anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, okay. I'm good. Who's your guys' favorite character? Or best girl, I guess, is the better question. Because who cares about the guys? Yeah, other than Hime, it seems like yeah. the obvious choice. But Ichiko, I, I like the sensei. I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like the sensei as well. Yeah, uh, Rossano was my pick. Oh yeah, the the I she was cool and the, like sensible and stuff like that. The the there was one part and we'll get into it like that. I was like, why are you there talking yeah. to him? That doesn't make any damn sense to me. Um, so that's the other weird side of this show. So like it was in in this really kind of had me looking at it with one eyebrow raised the entire time I watched it because every episode you get this little piece at the end or sometimes I think in the beginning. Where it shows Hime as as like older, eighteen. And it, 18. 18. I, I don't think we knew that at first, but she was she was eighteen, um, and she's like going through like her past like boxes that they had set up, um, because that's one thing. Her mother is gone. Her mother disappeared uh, at sea. I guess was lost yeah. at sea. Okay. Did uh, I had forgotten? Uh-huh. Did we know that when they did nope. the big reveal? Okay. No. Now I'm a little more down on it all right yeah (laughs) um and they they play they tease at like what happened like the historically why is he a single dad um where's the mom um and then they play this little clip in each episode that shows her kind of sad and alone and almost leads you to think that he died that the father died and that she's alone and i'm thinking in the op too right in the op because it shows her progressing in age until he's gone and he leaves yeah yeah um and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing here? Like, why? This is supposed to be a funny show. Why are they, like, stringing you along with this mystery? And I'll admit it worked because I was yeah. really oh, no, curious. Absolutely. It's what kept me in this show. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, otherwise, like, for the most part, the show was just, it was good. It was okay. You know, it it um, it was there. But um, it, that, it kept me strung along. But then the last episode, they finally reveal what it was all about um and essentially he was a a freaking um crate or a like a pallet of manga of like monthly shonen jump manga fell on him <laughs> and he was in the hospital in a freaking coma yeah <laughs> like, what the hell yeah and so um, like, and then like they go through like his whole like uh like why he was in a mangaka why why he was why we he was like a I don't know how do you say it like a pallet, a pallet jack driver. What do you call it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, how he got to that yeah. position. 
and and even that was stupid as shit. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so I'll go over that. So apparently, uh, like yeah, like they they, they string you along, and, and we're thinking, like, because it, it seems like like he's dead, and Hime is going back because she's like, you know, she was a little girl, so uh, like, what is she like ten in the show? So it seems like she's trying to uncover her dad's secrets after he's passed. And, you know, all, everything about her mom. And she finds all these boxes with all this stuff in it. Really interesting. Really pulls you in and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, meanwhile in the show, yeah, like, you know, you're getting, you get, like, little tiny snippets of, like, you know, yeah, his wife's gone. Like, yeah, like, his in-laws are, you know, kind of bankrolling them a little bit. Um, I actually thought the, um, I, I wish we had seen more of the mother's father, the grandfather, because mm-hmm. I actually thought he seemed like a pretty cool guy. But um, he disapproved of Goto, the, the father, he's a manga because guy. he's a mangaka. Yeah. Um, and it turns out he's like a famous artist. Like he's a he's a really good artist, I guess. There's a painting. This is where I started to get kind of inspired to do watercolor because there's a painting that he did in one of the shots. That's like of a girl with like centipedes crawling like in the background. And I mm. thought it was oddly beautiful. <laughs> like that piece yeah. of art. I was just like, that is a beautiful piece of art. Um and I wish we had seen more of him because I thought that that was uh, I thought that that would have been an interesting dynamic. But but so again, uh, Goto like writes like dirty joke manga, and it apparently like this is the reason he loses his job. Apparently, it came out in the press that he's been spending a lot of his money looking for his missing wife, and apparently, the public's reaction instead of sympathy is. How could he write dirty jokes while his wife is missing? I'll never laugh at his stuff again. And he just kind of quits. And it's like, that is so fucking dumb. Yeah, it is. Like, I I feel like, granted, the internet is a terrible, terrible place. And we should all be ashamed to be on it. But. (laughs) (laughs) But, And it does, like, throughout the whole thing, you can see kind of, he is pretty insecure about him, his art. Like, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't think very highly of his work. I Um, mean, yeah, but. So I I could see of anyone maybe getting insecure and like seeing those type of comments, maybe quitting, but it is pretty stupid. Yeah. I mean, the fact that like a tabloid reported on this and like, cause they say it's a tabloid and, and like the majority of his readers suddenly turn their backs on him. I'm like, okay, that's just not. It's apparently if we look at the chart, like when he was thinking that the manga was going to end apparently he had this like sudden surge of inspiration and yeah, the manga got popularity. really popular yeah but if you look at the chart like basically except for during that surge in popularity no one was reading it <laughs> so i don't know how he was keeping his job anyway but <laughs> uh but yeah so like he he then bounces around from job to job and and while uh while he in middle school they live in like a, a rundown little house and or i'm sorry a rundown little apartment they have to move from there their house and um one day on on a job site yeah he gets crushed by a pallet of manga which is just okay show. uh and and winds up in a coma and that's like kind of he is trying to find out you know his secrets from there and while she's in the um uh, the actually i think it's her grandfather's old house or no actually no it's no it's, it's their original yeah it's house. their original house from when she was like a baby and her mom was, her still, mom was alive. still alive um, which is actually in Kamakura, which I thought was pretty cool. Yes. Oh my god, that was really fun. Yeah, seeing seeing, seeing stuff, seeing the pictures of Kamakura made me really happy. Um, but uh, while she's there, like this is the last episode. Like that, her teacher, who's 
like the, the amount of people who are still around in their life is just astonishing to me. Um, she comes up and she's like, you know, oh, your dad woke up because I guess he, you know, woke up and stuff like that. But now he has amnesia and he thinks it's seven oh, years ago God. or however many years ago. And, and he's still trying to write his uh, his weekly manga. Yeah, that was just like. Like I do, I'm, I'm like, I think there would have been a way to keep him alive or for the coma thing to work out. But like the amnesia thing was just kind of the nail in the like, for the show. For me. Yeah, the amnesia was really what kind of like drove it home to me that. I don't like this show or what they decided to do with the show. Cause I think there's like a million different ways they could have written this last episode where it could have ended amazingly. And, and it would have been one of my favorites. And towards but, the end, like, uh, Rasina and, and, um, <laughs> uh, asshole editor, uh, uh, uh-huh. um, are having like the serious discussion. And it seems like, cause it seems like later on, like you kind of see everybody like where they're at now. Like one guy is like one of the assistants is like working in a bookstore like, cause he couldn't get, mm-hmm. couldn't cut it as a manga or whatever. And they're having this really serious discussion and the, like his, his countenance, the way he's talking and presenting himself, like everything. He seems like he's less of a, you know, dipshit. Like he's matured like a lot. Um, uh-huh. But then as soon as, as soon as Goto is out of his coma, he reverts to being an idiot again. Yeah. And, it, and like, it was that, it was the last episode that was just like, okay, you guys really don't care how this ends. Mm. Um, it's, that just was like, cause I, I, li- I liked a lot of the show, uh, but I was always tense about the ending and like the way they ended it. I'm just like, why? I don't know what you were thinking. Like, I don't know. Him just being think, dead would have been a neutral ending, at least. No, I, I, I will be honest. I, I didn't necessarily like the amnesia thing, but I like that it gave us the moment that he got to see Hime as an adult, and and she, the the happiness on her face when he remembered her, as silly as it was, because if you think like it's not like this is the first time they're seeing each other in ten years, as if they they kind of played it out that way because it was as if she was fine finding out who he was and we didn't as the viewer didn't get to see any of what happened after he lost his job and kind of she grew up um uh, to get to be 18 but it was it was a nice moment i won't lie i was pretty touched by the moment that he remembered her mm. um but my main issue with the show is that i went into it hoping for more kind of touching father daughter moments and i felt like the show tried but it didn't do a good job until that yeah. moment in the end. Like there was, they just, instead of like, they kind of traded in any type of touching father daughter moments, the likes of, you know, like a Usagi drop or a sweetness, um, and, lightning or... sweetness and lightning for slapstick, silly comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't mind that, but I think I would have preferred the show as something a little more touching because in the end it, it was, the setup was, there i mean it should have been touching and they just didn't do a good job with it i didn't think yeah. Yeah. they i i was prepared for like an emotional conclusion and they managed to just sap all of the emotion out of me and <laughs> in the worst possible way yeah the moment where he may was like running and I, I really do love 18 year old he like yes. she's awesome um the moment where she was kind of running back to her old home to get all of the manuscripts and stuff and she showed it to. I I did really like that moment. Everything in between, 
when he woke up in that moment though was was forgettable to me and, and, and i wish like, it didn't exist <laughs> that's like the thing is like he wakes up and they're like no don't tell him anything he should mm-hmm. figure it out on his own and then we spend 20 minutes of him not you know realizing yeah. anything because he's working on this manga that he did eight years ago and then he may finally decide to go get his manuscripts and then show him so he can remember it's like you wasted 20 minutes of what could have yeah. been incredible character interaction between Hime and her dad going over all of their secrets and the yeah. past and everything what happened to the mom and everything and you wasted it for him to draw his manga again yeah and that, yeah. that was just thing is, fucking infuriating and just <laughs> what do you call it the like the fact like i because i i honestly thought i'm like did i forget did i forget she was lost at sea no the fact that that we didn't know until right mm-hmm. then until the end it's like yeah. okay that they... that's that's something we should know the reason they didn't tell you, though, is because I think that they wanted you to think he got lost at sea. Because one of the snippets in one of the episodes showed someone got lost at sea. And I think they were trying to make you think that it was him. Oh. Because they were trying to get you to think he was dead in the end. So I have a feeling that's why they didn't tell you it was but the like, mom wait, until the last episode. But. What, what was she doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I agree. There was so much they could have done to do this show better. Um, and I really did not. It, it never sat well with me that the whole show was based on him lying to his daughter either. And it wasn't just about it wasn't just about his job. Like he lied to her about a lot of stuff. Like mostly it was to save her from finding out about his job but she kind of says it in the end too she's like you know like what else did he lie to me about and that's the problem with lying is you'll never know he may you'll never trust your father again <laughs> <laughs> um and i didn't that didn't sit really well with me it's kind of like just be honest maybe you don't have to go into detail about what it is that you draw but well i, th- I think too it's like the funny thing is like at the end like he's trying to get back into being a mangaka and like he's still drawing dirty jokes, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like that's fine if that's what you know, but like maybe come out with a statement first. <laughs> I want to read Hime's manga. It looked great. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one really positive note out of the end there, and I, I would almost like to see a sequel to this because I really liked 18 year old Hime, and I want more yeah. of her. Um, and I'd like to see her her because yeah, she's obviously got artistic genes, so I'd really like to see whatever she comes up with. Mm-hmm. okay well uh what are we giving this one i'll let you guys go because i'm not even sure to be honest okay i have a, a question for you jeff you said at the start that there were you watched <laughs> three shows i want to know which one this is do you really because it's gonna I... spoil the other ones uh i only want to know this one i want to ask about the other two okay this is the one i yeah. liked believe it or not <laughs> wow oh, man. okay 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 interesting yeah. okay uh i think i am going to give oh god um oh i think this show looks incredible i think the mm. character designs are absolutely fantastic if you like these character designs, I recommend you go and watch Eccentric Family because it's the same character designer. And mm-hmm. that show is infinitely better than this show. Um, I think the story was okay for the most part. I liked the tidbits at the end and I had high hopes for where it was going. I think they absolutely butchered the ending. I'm going to give this a two and a half out of five. Wow. That's higher than I thought it was going to get. <laughs> I, uh, 
I, I I love the style. The style is really big. For I me. I mean See, thing- I, I just just put ditto marks around what Logan said, but uh, put mine at a two. So okay. it's really funny because I don't disagree with anything you just said. Yeah, I just think I got more out of the things that. Sure. I think I got more positives out of the good things in the show, but really the music and I've had this discussion with you guys and other people several times. Like a good opening, to me is, it really does sing songs about a show like it really makes it it makes a show better for me and this this show had a phenomenal opening um it might it might have colored it that like another show for me like had an equally good if not better op several amazing eds and just was better (laughs) Uh, well yeah no I, i actually that's true for another show i watched as well but um yeah it i i there were some moments in there that touched me personally too, because it did bring me back to my time in Japan um, with the Kamakura stuff, with the hot spring mm-hmm. in stuff. Yeah. Um, there yeah, were. Every I time thought. I had to see, oh, go ahead, what? Sorry. Oh, every time I had to see the fish breakfast or dinner. <laughs> <laughs> see, that was a positive for me. But Ugh. I loved like a lot of the side characters. I thought were cute. Um, and some of their interactions, like, the, I think. The fact that this show was trying to be two separate things was disappointing. Um, and I really wish instead of the slapstick, it pushed more towards the, um, you know, the sentimental kind of father-daughter relationship. Because for me, it could have, with everything else going for it, it could have been phenomenal. Unfortunately, it seems like the writer really couldn't do that because he did try and it didn't really almost ever hit home except for that, for me, that last moment when, uh, you know, he remembered Hime and I, I thought that was a really touching moment. It, it te- teared me up a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't think any, we disagree on anything. I think it's just that maybe the bad parts kind of hit harder for you guys than it hit for me. Yeah. So for me, it's a three and a half. Okay. So that's what, that's nine, 11 divided by three. So we'll, we'll say three or uh, yeah, we'll say a three. Is that right? No, two and a half plus five. Two and a half, I think. Well, uh, if we round up, it's a three. Sure. Well, yeah, we'll be generous. We'll give it a three. I'm feeling generous today. <laughs> yeah, if we round up, it's a three. An interesting thing I heard about this is that the uh, mangaka said that the anime did a better job with the material than he did. Yeah, That's... I saw an article that said, don't read the manga, watch the anime, That's which is depressing. kind of, yeah, yeah. How bad um, is your manga, man? <laughs> um, okay, from one show where Rie Takahashi is the the main character. Rie Takahashi played Hime. Uh, Rie mm. Takahashi also plays the main character of Listeners, which was one of my picks. Um, the show uh, was done by Studio Mappa, and I remember I picked it up because B-Tag recommended, re- recommended it purely based on the studio to me. Um, so, uh, Rie Takashi plays a character called Mew, um, and Mew is a player. In this world, uh, there are these monstrous things called, uh, Niminashi, or the Earless. They're like these black, like, um, almost blobby type creatures that like, oh, not really blobby, but like they're, they're kind of distorted and. You can see that they have like these weird horns where their ears should be. Um, and uh, players fight the earless because the earless go around attacking humanity. 
Um, uh, one day, Echo, who this kid who who uh, works at a um, uh, like a junk scrap heap uh, in a town called Liverchester, which is an amalgamation of Liverpool and Manchester. Manchester. <laughs> um, he finds uh, Mew among the scrap heap and uh, finds out she's a player. She has no memories, um, and the show does a really good job of building uh the world like very slowly you find out that liverchester was the like 10 years ago was the site of a uh, massive um attempt to destroy all of the um the earless um in an operation called operation freedom or something like that project freedom operation freedom something, something like that um but one of the players uh named uh jimmy stonefree um went rogue and in the middle of like destroying all of them stopped and like it pretty much it didn't destroy the area it turned the area into the scrap heap it is like like uh and it's just like a garbage town um and the earless are you know still free to roam around and terrorize people at will and whatnot um so right away the the um the show becomes a, the journey of echo and uh, mew uh because echo is a massive uh otaku for players in their their gear uh which their gear i should mention they're mechs but they're like so the the players have this uh like a, a jack um in like somewhere on their body like um like you would jack a guitar into an amp and the uh their mech is an amp so they jack into the the amp and it turns into a mech so this show is massive like <laughs> rock references so Jimmy Stonefree is basically Jimi Hendrix. Um, <laughs> he looks nothing like him. White hair, white skin, nothing like him. But um, uh, and like once I started to kind of realize that, I really fell in love with this show. Um, so uh, it, it's it is like a journey uh, of of them trying to figure out where Mew comes from and and uh, where Jimmy went because she looks kind of like Jimmy. And, um, you know, she's in the area where Jimmy went missing 10 years ago. Um, and so, like, episode by episode, they go to these different places. And one of the things I loved was, like, the episode title card is in the same design. And this, like, the, it's not the same wording, but the same font as certain album covers. So, like, there's, like, a one that's set, like, to, like, an album cover by The Who and whatnot and stuff like that. I didn't get. I definitely didn't get all the references because I, like, I don't know all music. I don't think it's possible to. But uh, <laughs> someone who's like interested in like music theory and stuff like that, I really want Native and Crash to watch this show. Um, and anyone else who's like really, really good with music because they'd probably get way more out of it. But like, hmm. one of the first episodes, they run into uh, a like a kind of a disgraced king and and a deposed knight who are like wandering around. Who both of them are? Uh, what are they? The references to uh, uh, bandmates from the band My Bloody Valentine, and like while they're uh, like fighting uh, the earless and stuff like that, they'll say words that like lines that are essentially just lyrics from some of their more popular songs, um, which are like kind of like I don't know, I don't know how to put it, like like how action movie heroes say like certain lines like you know to kind of amp themselves up that's kind of what they're doing in the middle of combat 
like like yippee <laughs> or whatever um <laughs> Uh, and and like slowly but surely they start to like the, this world is built through their journey. Like you start to see more and more of it. Um, at one point they go to a school where uh, uh, Jimmy was set to have have gone to, and um, at that school they're having a drug problem. Uh, the the drug is an aerosol that sprayed in the face that's called Teen Spirit. And yeah, guess which <laughs> reference this is. Uh, and and they run into a. Um, uh, uh, a, a seemingly a boy, but I think they say it's a girl uh, named uh, Nier, who is essentially Kurt Cobain, who uh, who's you know depressed and and taking this uh, teen spirit drug, and and the person who like gave it to her and was trying to kind of set her up to to kind of self destruct was a uh, the student council president named Hole, who apparent and Hole it was apparently. The name of Courtney Love's band. I fucking love this show. Sounds like an acid trip, man. (laughs) This sounds like a bad acid trip from like I don't know. I I (laughs) like so so I I don't want to like I I can't get too too much into some of the stuff. But a lot of like eighties. There's a lot of eighties references. It seems like it's seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties. Yeah, yeah. I I saw one of the reviews. Like some people are pretty down on it. I saw one of the reviews like talking shit about it because it was quote-unquote dad rock and i'm like dude what's wrong with dad rock <laughs> um yeah a, a lot there's i i honestly want to watch this show again uh but i want to watch it dubbed because i'd love to see what the the dub actors can do with it um mm. it, it's just not done dubbed which is was kind of a problem um, this would be a fun one for a group watch with people like native and crash like you said because i for don't sure yeah, I don't get music stuff. I mean, I I can enjoy music or not enjoy music, but I don't understand everything between the lines. I guess so. It'd be yeah. interesting to hear the take from people. Uh, who do. And a lot of it feels like um like uh, a lot of symbolism and stuff like that, which I would love to watch again to try and like I'd love to write a paper on this fucking, on this. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm not really even that into music music theory and stuff like that. Just like a history, like from a history perspective, because like. The next town they go to, because like they're going to, like they're trying to find all the people who are major players in like Operation Freedom and like trying to find Jimmy and try to find out who Mew is. And they go to a town that's um, run by uh, the equivalent, like the, the guy who's like the equivalent of Prince. Um, his name's <laughs> Denka. Uh, yeah. Uh, like there's a, a. The artist formerly known as Denka. Yeah, exactly. They go to uh, uh, Londinium. Um, oh, my favorite episode is actually like there's a episode seven. There's a, a massive Sex Pistols reference that I fucking loved. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of that and, and a lot of just like mech fighting and stuff like. That. It's probably the the most fun I've had with a mech in a long time, a long long time. Um, the uh, it turns out so I. I don't want to just keep going over all the references. You definitely should watch it for yourself, especially if you love like, you know, that kind of, uh, I guess, older rock and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, oh, one more. Sorry. Uh, they, they go to they go to one place that's like before they go to Londinium, they go to a, uh, this place where people used to live in harmony with the with the earless. And these people were actually be- like, I guess this could actually work because this is a spoiler. Uh, these people were betrayed by uh, the leaders of Operation or Project Freedom, um, 
because they had this this uh, this prism that uh, like the earless were docile around it or whatever. So they essentially had them bring it to them. And when all the earless were, were together, they were going to try and destroy them uh, where these people were trying to live in harmony with the earless because they knew that the earless at some point are, were, were human. Um, like these, these monsters like were human and eventually became this way for one reason or another. Um, but the, the area they go to, it's very clearly like Pink Floyd references the, uh, it's a it's a giant clear prism uh, that you like that sits on this lake um, that uh, can only open for players, and it's called the Wall. Oh my <laughs> god! I fucking love this show. Was it on the dark side of the moon? I, they didn't make any dark side of the moon references, but I loved it. Uh, <laughs> Man, it's funny. Um, it sounds it sounds like a blast of a show to watch, yeah. especially if you you know have any appreciation for older rock. Um, but so, so eventually they go to, to Londinium and, and uh, the the leaders there, like, I won't go to the full references. Uh, the leaders there want Mew because they think that she can essentially resurrect Jimmy or it, it, it's it's kind of torn. This is where we get into massive spoiler territory, by the way. So get if any of that sounded interested, skip forward, watch this damn show. Anyway, um, so the leaders of... of, uh, of uh, Londinium or whatever. Um, one of them thinks that she can find or resurrect Jimmy. The other one thinks she can become Jimmy. Uh, so they they kind of um, they trick her and use a use a new drug called Purple Haze on her, oh. uh, and they <laughs> they plug her in like during this like Christmas celebration or whatever uh, to this um, mech that's supposed to be like uh like uh, jimmy stone freeze so and so she essentially does for a brief moment in time become him but it it turns out that um she was never like they always kind of assumed she was a sister she wasn't a sister at all when jimmy was faced with the like i don't know how to say it like the world from which earless come from he was kind of confronted with the the um the queen of the earless and that's who Mew was um and she came over to this side and using like when he crossed over onto the other side or whatever happened to him because it's never really made clear um because he he sees that you know that the earless are they're sentient you know they're alive and stuff like that uh and that uh, everything that humans have done up until now, especially becoming players, like they, the earless kind of vibed with humanity and like were sometimes violent, but not really, you know, that bad. It was when uh, humanity started retaliating and like uh, kind of, I guess, upping the tempo that their reactions to things became that much more extreme. So they were responding, like, it, you know, that kind of like violence begets violence kind of thing. Um, yeah because humans were afraid of them and all that stuff that like it's kind of humanity that started it so jimmy that's why jimmy stopped and kind of betrayed the operation and uh Mew got his she had this little like i don't know how to put it it's a part for some kind of musical thing that's another thing there's a lot of like like uh, musical technical stuff that i just didn't get like huh. 
a lot of a lot of stuff is like a lot of their equipment and stuff like that is like it's more than just amps there's other stuff there i don't know what the fuck it is guys i'm not a music person <laughs> but i was still i still really dug it um but anyway yeah so he um he he essentially brings the the queen of the earless over to this side and she becomes Mew. And I guess she was just in hibernation for 10 years while he was gone. And, and you know, uh, it just so happened that Echo found her in the in a trash heap. Um, and so she, as the, the queen of the earless, seeing, you know, essentially what's become of, of her people and uh, what um, humanity was willing to do, you know, uh, with the the leaders of londinium and the the quote-unquote british invasion sorry that was another reference they threw in there um the uh she decides that she's just gonna end it all she's like okay i'm giving you guys like x amount of days and i'm gonna come back at full force and i'm gonna destroy this earth (coughs) echo in the meantime uh having been kind of thrown away by mew and and everybody that you know because He's not a player. He's just like a, a lowly like technician guy. Uh, he uh, takes like a the scrap car and wound, winds up in a um, he winds up at like a farm, and uh, he at the farm he meets uh, Robert Johnson, I think it was, um, who is a. Uh, uh, american jazz musician and who takes him to a crossroads uh if you yeah and apparently that's where where jimmy stone jimmy stone free went to that same crossroads when he decided to go on his journey and uh from there he's he uh because people are able we see in the show uh actually from the the guy who's um uh the Sex Pistols reference, we, we see that people can become players uh, when under like duress or whatever. Um, and at, at the crossroads, Echo becomes a player and is able to jack himself into the AC-30, which is the mech that him and Mew have been piloting or had been piloting for like more than half the show. Um, and he meets uh, Mew at Liverchester, which is where the final battle is set to commence. Uh, all the leaders... <laughs> Um, band together to to defend uh, before he shows up, and then he shows up, and um, it's actually this. There's this really cool kind of fight scene, and this there's this tune that like Mew hum tune this that Mew hums like throughout the show, and you find out like in part of Londinium that all players just kind of have this tune in their head, and it's like in this final fight scene, like um, uh, Echo like uses the power of of uh his like uh, equipment to like like he, they're in a scrap heap so he essentially reaches out with his uh, mech powers or whatever and like grabs every speaker in the fucking trash heap and like balls them up on his back and plays that same tune it's so fucking cool um so the music in this show like it- it does it's it's so music related is the music does it live up to the all mu- the, hype? the the ost is fantastic the op the okay. op is the one i was talking about with Kakaku shikaku i love okay. this op and every ed is different it uh so i the the thing i liked is that every ed 
what they do is they take assets from the show from that from that particular episode and they nice. kind of they do stuff to them they change them up a little bit or they replay them but they all like they stylize them in different ways so that it's it's not just you know it's not just like flashbacks but it, like every episode is uh Rie Takahashi singing as Mew a different song and the amazing. and the song is based on you know what they were what they were kind of doing in the episode it's so fucking good the crossroads episode think... is a country song it's really fucking good that's amazing <laughs> what did you think of the um because i'm hearing it and i'm imagining in my mind how all of this played out like as far as like the animation the mech battles the environments oh, and stuff it was gorgeous it was nice like i i will say the story especially if as an american fan at like as an english-speaking fan some of it is like a little eye-rolly and like so uh in the fight uh against near uh when Mew and and echo are fighting against not totally not kurt cobain um <laughs> he 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 says you know some of the lyrics to smells like teen spirit and like as a westerner you're like okay okay come on man that's 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 kind of silly but like you got to realize that this is meant for a japanese audience so like for like and i i think one of the things that strikes me the most is this is you could totally tell that the guy who made this like the original creator like is a 100 percent music otaku like this guy loves music like and i don't know you could you could really feel it in um I don't know the the way stuff's portrayed, um, the the soundtrack for sure. Uh, but and, and you know that the, the silly little lines of dialogue that are like you know, okay, those are just music lyrics, man. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I mean, Denka actually says the doves are crying, and it's like, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. You can definitely tell just everything you've described with all the references to with names and obviously you know british rock probably considering the entire thing takes place in kind of a renamed <laughs> yeah. england or whatever i i will say um, it's it's definitely not perfect um but for what it is it's really i i i personally love it i think it has it like the score it has on my analyst my it's the only my analyst page i was able to pull up i think is really low it is it's exceptionally low for i mean my anime list usually the scores are between like five and a nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, um, I, 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 I'm gonna have to like hear what other people think of it, but I really, really loved it. I mean, I don't think it's not. It's definitely not five territory for me. Um, it, it probably should be honestly, since I want to rewatch it in English so bad. But, um, the ending like um you know uh echo's able like through the you know the power of his music and stuff like that he's able to reach out to mew and and you know bring her back to um i don't know not humanity since she's technically not human but you know like less evil sentience i guess um and they're i don't know they say it a lot like their uh sentiment kind of echoes throughout the world and um uh we see like the world post battle and earless look like mew did when she was you know 
being the queen of the earless like like more like humans uh they have like these little horn things by their ear and their irises not their irises the the whites of their eyes are black but they're essentially human <clears throat> and we see that the, you know the world is is coming together you know peacefully and stuff like that and uh different countries are rebuilding and uh all this great stuff and there's like this really kind of touching little scene where where an earless um little boy or young boy i guess comes into the bar where echo used to live and is like just like echo was as as this echo was like this huge otaku for players and their equipment um this kid is an otaku for you know echo and and what he did so he wants to know everything so it's like you know uh kind of like that thing that like you know uh famous musicians inspire the next generation kind of thing um which i thought was mm-hmm. was pretty touching um and then at, at the very very end um echo and and mew are just kind of still wandering uh, the streets of a of a city um you know, still just kind of trying to do their thing which oh. i was like okay cool i i like the fact that they didn't leave it nebulous that they were just dead or you know because like they Towards the end of the battle, they're just falling in this pit. So, huh. um, well, that's good. Yeah, at least it <laughs> didn't leave you thinking they were dead. Yeah, yeah, I, I like a lot of people complain. I know about the writing. I thought, the, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't perfect for sure. But I think what was more important to me for this show was, uh, just how much you could feel that the creator loved the show. I like loved the music, I should say, and just the the desire to get that love out to like it's not like the eastern like an eastern audience doesn't exist for this kind of music but you know for more people i thought that was pretty cool i i I really do think this was a passion project for um what's his name i like the style of it too yeah Uh, the the art style's different Mm -hmm. like it's interesting and at the very least i want to kind of just go and watch all the eds yeah yeah no they're they're fantastic um uh one one little tangent and it's not about the show funimation <laughs> the eighth episode of this show is unwatchable there is a 15 minute delay between subtitle and when or between when they're talking and when the subtitle shows up uh at least 15 seconds <laughs> that's fucking unacceptable yeah for a for a you know for something that you license, because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've, I had to binge this show because I was running really, really late with it. So I watched it today, you know, before we started recording this. For So, and we're, what, a couple weeks out of episode eights? Like, we're, we're, in, we're in the next season right now. Um, for, for this not to be fixed, that's really fucking unacceptable Funimation. That's ridiculous. Um, I can't believe I had to go to... to you know, another site, a, a less than legal site to to watch a show that you own. That's fucking disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, like tangent over with that. That's Funimation's deal. <laughs> um, if you know Studio Mappa's listening, and I know they're not, but you know, maybe choose someone else. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah. That was listeners. Uh, there's not much more I could say except watch it. Uh, I would love to hear what other people think about it because I, I really liked it. Yeah, 
despite some of the kind of qualms I have with some of the, the writing and, and storytelling and uh, character motivations, uh, I think I think it was a really good show. I think I'd give this a 4.5 out of 5. Nice. It's damn near perfect. The writing could have been a tad bit better. It sounds sounds like a fun show, at least. <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> it's the last thing I'd call the show that I'm about to review. <laughs> um, so the show, the next show here that I'm going to talk about, because I think I'm the only one that watched it, is the show that I was the most excited about uh, when I watched the PV for this, when we drafted shows this season. Um, I was I was really excited for this show. It just looked like exactly what I was looking for. Um, yesterday, Wo Utate, or Sing Yesterday For Me, is uh, it, it's basically about a dude, um, Rikuo, who is kind of a he's he's kind of a he went to college but he seems to be lost in life which i think probably is going to connect with a lot of people maybe in japan and even in the west uh as far as kind of like you went to school you expected your life to be a certain way um or maybe you didn't know what to expect out of your life and it's you're kind of just skating by he's working at a convenience store he's getting through each day uh it seems kind of like a boring dude honestly like there's not much going on in his life um and uh, he's working at the convenience store and um, a girl starts showing up named Haru, who is anything but boring. Like she's kind of like a really cool, exciting girl. She's got a pet crow um, that she somehow managed to tame, which is freaking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, energetic, you know, boisterous, outgoing, confident. Uh, and uh, basically she keeps showing up and talking to him, um, but really... Before I even get into any more of that, this show is about a love pentagon or something. I don't know what you'd call it. (laughs) Um, The the four main players in the show that end up having any type of a serious role in the end, because I don't really want to go into all of the kind of episode by episode things, but you've got Shinako, Rikuo, Haru, and um, Ro. Uh, Basically, Rikuo is the main character. He's a dude uh, that works at a convenience store. Haru is the girl that shows up at the convenience store and talks to him. Shinako is a college friend of Rikuo's, um, who he has had a crush on since college, basically. She's hung up on um, someone that she was dating when she was younger who died. He got sick and he died. And she's still in love with him. And um, Ro is uh, the guy who died's younger brother. And essentially there's all kinds of weird romantic tension between these four characters um, throughout the show. I'll be honest with you. This show is one of the slowest methodical kind of shows I maybe have ever watched. Um, It was kind of, I don't want to call it frustrating to watch, but it was, it was just slow to progress. There wasn't a lot that happened um, for every episode. And in a way it felt, very authentic um because it kind of it encapsulated this like weird reality i think and and in a way i don't like that because it's i say in a way i don't like it it's a beautiful show i mean it really the i think the designs the music the setting everything was great and it was exactly what i was looking for in the show um but i don't go to a show to see something so realistic and that's really what it was It, it tried to portray like a very realistic kind of tension that romance 
plays out in this kind of age group. Um, and all of these characters are super flawed. They're super flawed, um, which was kind of, I think, from looking at it as a piece of art was something I could appreciate. But looking at it as something like whether I enjoyed it or not, it's a little bit of a different story because um, I didn't walk out of the show really liking any of the characters. And I think that's a problem. Whenever you go into a show, like you, you've, I feel like you won't, you need to connect with, with something about the show or some, something about the characters. Um, and like Haru started out as I'm describing kind of the girl with the crow, um, started out as like really cool and really likable. And she seemed like she was like, I think I even called her like she appears to be waifu material. Um, when I, uh, kind of first saw the show, Haru's kind of a stalker. She's like, she basically decided that she just liked Rikuo because she ran into him one day on the street. I could be forgetting something, but that's basically what I got out of it. She essentially ran into him on the street, um, decided that she had a crush on him, and proceeds to then show up at his job on a regular Wait. basis, if not daily. Wait, was there nothing more? I, I'm sorry. I got like three episodes into this, and I eventually just kind of... It's not that I hated it. it. You're right. It is very, very slow, and I mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think I was feeling drama, and it was... No, very like the, I don't want to say melodramatic because I think that word gets bandied around too much. I don't think it was melodramatic, but I think personally it was teetering on that for me. It it yeah. It, I mean, I don't know if I ever really thought of it as melodramatic, but it was just it was a drama, and it felt pretty authentic as far as kind of the way these characters interacted with each other. Um, but I guess I that's not what I go to a show for. I don't want authentic. I want like bubbly and happy romance or i want something dramatic like i want the melodrama or something this just felt like so like i'll go into these characters like basically haru was a stalker she showed up to his job on a regular basis um very persistent um but because rikuo was so hung up on shinako he didn't really pay her any mind in fact he kind of treated her like shit but she continued to persist um and personally i kind of look at that as a character trait and i'm like especially in a japanese kind of character um in anime you don't see that very often like that really like especially in a slice of life that um straightforward kind of to the point you know confident character um but i also looked at it as like if the roles were reversed and it was a dude showing up to a convenience store and was that persistent with a woman and then she eventually got to the point where she found out where he lived and started showing up to his apartment on a regular basis and waiting there for him to get home. If that was a dude, if he probably would have been taken away by the police. <laughs> I mean, that's classic stalker. Especially when Rikuo didn't really show any interest in her, whether he should have or not, because, you know, she's awesome as a character. Like, I really liked her. But Rikuo was hung up on Shinako, who basically strung Rikuo along the entire show. Um, Kept giving him mixed messages. Um, she was clearly still hung up on the axe that died, but uh, she didn't seem to want to like close the door on Rikuo. So she just strung him along the entire show. To the point where eventually they quote unquote started dating. Um, meanwhile, he didn't. He's Rikuo is stringing Haru along, <laughs> in a way. I don't think he ever really gave her. I don't think he ever really gave her the attention. Um, as if to show, like, I'm interested in you, but he also didn't kind of shut the door on it, I guess. So he was kind of stringing Haru along while Shinako was stringing Rikuo along. Um, to the point where Riko and Shinako basically got together, kind of. Like, it was like one of these, we 
I'll, she cooked dinner for him and he hugged her once and uh, they kind of just decided, okay, this must be mean. This must mean we're going out. Um, and that was like, that was like the last quarter of the show. Um, maybe the last half of the show, I guess I would say the last half of the show, they kind of started dating. Um, but Rikuo wouldn't tell Haru because he was kind of, he didn't want to hurt her feelings and he could tell that she was super into him. Um, and Shinako wouldn't tell Ro, who is the younger brother of the dude who died that she was dating when she was a kid, who she was still hung up on. Um, and Ro basically had expressed his love for Shinako. So now you've got <laughs> Riko and Shinako are together and they both have someone who's super interested in them. And they're not telling those people who are super interested in them because they're, they don't want to hurt their feelings, I guess. Um, which created this like silly kind of dark cloud kind of over the whole show in general. Cause you're just waiting for that moment where Haru who's super cute and super bubbly and you love her character, even though she's a stalker. Um, <laughs> You don't want her to get hurt. Eventually, of course, inevitably, she walks up to go and drop off a bag because she used to bring him food all the time and she was always giving him gifts and stuff because she was trying to win him over. And um, she sees them basically leaving his apartment and uh, she's hurt and she moves away. And then in that same episode, Ro, who is showing this interest in Shinako, um, again, remind you, he's the younger brother. He's the kid, like kid brother of the dude who died that Shinako was dating. Um, he shows up, sees them again outside of her house, of Shinako's house, and he's like, um, how dare you? You know, what is this? And, and then basically the last episode, and I'm, I'm just spoiling everything at this point because I, I don't really sure. know this, this show, this show just trotted along so slowly and it, it again. All right. So basically Rico and Shinako decide, eh, you know what? We were just confused. Maybe we're not, maybe we shouldn't date after all, <laughs> after all that. Um, and meanwhile, this, their quote unquote dating was nothing. It was basically, they talked to each other. They went on a couple of days. There was no kiss. There was no intimacy. There was nothing. Um, it was just like, eh, you know what? <laughs> Laugh it off. Like whatever. We were just confused. <laughs> meanwhile, Ro and she, um, Ro and Haru were both hurt by this whole thing. Um, and then, the audacity, and this is where I got really pissed at the show. After stringing Haru along that entire time and deciding, like, ah, I got it out of my system, me and Shinako, he goes and he finds Haru and, and confesses his love to her. After, after all that, <laughs> after hurting her, after stringing her along that whole time and going and dating the other girl he was interested in, um, then he decides, like, after all, I was actually in love with you. And um, she, Haru of super happy and excited and oh my god she's like in joy and i'm just like man yeah that's probably pretty authentic but it pissed me off because rico is a piece of shit like he is a, he's a scumbag um for stringing haru along that whole time and then basically like keeping her in his back pocket while and then once he was done with the girl he was getting i feel like i didn't do a great job of explaining the entire thing but maybe that just really shows how convoluted the entire thing is uh-huh um, I didn't end, I think you were supposed to end this show feeling good, like, cause Haru was clearly the girl that the people who wrote the show wanted you to like. Mm. Um, and you were supposed to feel good for the fact that she ended up getting the guy in the end, but Rico doesn't deserve her. And, um, I can't believe that 
he did that to her, I guess, that he like strung her along and basically kept her in the wings while he figured out what he was doing with his heist or his college sweetheart or whatever. Um, yeah, this show just left a really bad taste in my mouth. At the same time, with all that weird relationship drama, the way I looked at this was like, this is why I don't get involved in the romance drama of people I know, my friends, like people in real life. Like I don't get involved in your romantic drama because it is weird. It is awkward. It is not something that you, because it doesn't something that really makes sense. Like emotions are weird and they're always kind of forming and changing and you do stupid things and you hurt people. And um, I think that the show almost was too authentic in that way because this looked like something that could have totally been in real life. Um, but that's not necessarily something I want to watch as a show. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the show was beautiful. I loved the setting. It was like, as far as like the, the things that I like about Slice of Life in the sense that it builds like a realistic setting in like the streets of Tokyo. By the way, Carlos, I think you were curious about like the timeline. Mm -hmm. I don't. The 80s, right? I don't think that they ever really said there. The only hint that I picked up on was at one point Haru sees um, Rikuo's. It looks like a Sega Genesis or some kind of a top loading cartridge system mm -hmm. and said it's a relic of a previous century, which makes huh. me think very early 2000s, but they're still using like old style phones and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe she was meaning that literally or not, but yeah, that was the only hint that I got because it didn't it felt like 80s or 90s, not 2000s, but previous century. The only thing that you would the only conclusion you come to at that point would be <laughs> the early 2000s. So, yeah, I don't sure. know if that was maybe she wasn't being literal in that. But um, the entire relationship drama in the show felt kind of uncomfortable and awkward. Um, and I think that that's really what they were going for. And it's not necessarily something I enjoyed. Um, though I do have to admit it was a beautiful show. The voice acting was very well done. Um, I think if that's what they were going for, they nailed it. It just wasn't very enjoyable to watch. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot more of like weird kind of side related stuff that never leads to anything, um, mm. which is why this show feels like it just it trudges along so slowly. Um, and I'm sure I lost most of you guys who are listening by now but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know this show is just like i have to give it credit for the for the beauty of it and the piece of art that it is and again haro's cute even though she's a stalker um i'll give it a 2.5 i guess it was like i don't really no you know what i'm gonna give it a two i'm gonna give it a two yeah I, I didn't i didn't really enjoy it there was not nothing i really enjoyed about this show it was It, it was. <laughs> it, it just was. was. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. It's too bad because I think it really was that the, the production quality of it was very, very, very well done. Um, yeah. It kind of sounds like a bad scum's wish. That show was hard to watch. Yeah. But I think it was it was good. No. Yeah. Rico was a piece of shit. Like, just, yeah. And not because he's mean. He was just... He was just like indecisive and lazy and it, like that felt yeah. kind of real, I guess, because it, again, like that's a totally normal thing for a person to be, but, um, you don't want to see it's it not, in your anime. yeah, it's just, 
not the kind of guy I want to follow for 12 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was yesterday. Whoa, I would say give it a watch if you're into. I mean, if you're not hoping for a really wonderful conclusion or whatever, I think the worst part was that Shinako, the, the implication when they split up was Shinako was going to go and get with the kid brother of the dude that she was stuck on that died. That's probably the most disgusting part of the ending. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Glad I didn't stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna lie, like that just makes me feel much better about listeners. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, Next one on our list here is Princess Connect Redive, a show that none of us uh, picked, but one that caught my attention and uh a bunch of us were yelling at carlos that he should watch it (laughs) and so he did the only thing i know about this is i think it was a uh, shadow verse collab when i was playing Mm -hmm. that game it was a shadow Mm, well it is a psy games uh property so yeah (laughs) um this is the story of a guy named yuki uh who when we first meet him, he kind of falls out of the sky uh, and wakes up with no memories. Uh, wakes up to a, a girl named uh, Kokoro, who's like a little elf-looking girl with short hair. Um, My personal best girl who, for the show. <laughs> I yeah. love Kokoro. She was pretty good. She has a lot of good facial expressions. Her, her, that, it, I think that's what did it for me. Like I, I love the her. Yeah, like the puckered yeah, face. Yeah, where she's just like... like yeah. <laughs> Oh, like, like oh fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you forgot like, and she because i think at the beginning it, it shows who sends yuki right yeah yeah the, i don't remember what was her uh, name amis uh, amis oh, or yeah. rie takahashi in another anime <laughs> yeah so we don't even by the end of it we really don't know who amis is or what no deal is. no and well, i'll get into it but like this is i guess we should say this right at the top this is a mobile game port yes yes um looks incredible because mm-hmm. Psy games does incredible animation stuff um but yeah so yuki falls from the sky kokoro goes and gets him because she was sent because yuki's her lord or something i didn't completely understand how essentially like works. it's like uh they are worshipers of i think the, a that goddess and yeah. like yeah okay. they got the prophecy that like hey my scion's coming to earth someone needs to get their ass over there and so they they send kokoro they sent kokoro mm-hmm. um so yeah kokoro kind of uh nurses yuki back to health because he was kind of messed up a little bit um and then they start making their way towards uh oh what was that city called i don't know the main city starts with an l i don't remember it doesn't really matter um uh, the the big thing about yuki is uh he doesn't really talk much he doesn't know how to talk actually at the start he's uh he's lost all of his memories and the ability to speak (laughs) um doesn't know what anything is he thinks money is food um so he tries eating coins. Um, this anime is hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. It is. It's, I I put it on like the same level of comedy as like Konosuba. It's immediately the th- the show that I thought of when I started watching this was like, and this feels a lot like Konosuba, uh, a more tame, less uh, uh, 
crude Konosuba? I, I think what I what I immediately thought, like, because I, I could see where you're coming from with that, but I was like, it's Konosuba, but instead of everyone is scum, it's everyone is naive. True. Fair. Yes. Yeah. You buy. Um, they, yeah, so they're making their way towards the city, and they run into a girl named... Pequodina. Well, I guess they. Pe- I guess they name her Pecorina. Yeah. Um, who is this like super strong swordswoman, who we'll find out more about later. Uh, and eventually they make it to the city. There's a whole bunch of like. <laughs> they stuff name like her that, that because she's over. always hungry. Oh, yeah, she's always hungry, and and she's like ridiculously strong. And she like I think they meet her because like um, some guys dupe her. And try and take her stuff, yeah. and she essentially follows them to the ends of the fucking earth. <laughs> yeah, trying to well, what the the guys dupe her by saying that one of the guys is like sick, yeah, he's and dying. she has to go get the yeah. medicine. Yeah, and so while she's getting the medicine, they steal her stuff, and then she's like for like three episodes trying to return the medicine. Yeah, she's to like them your so medicine. The guy doesn't die. Yeah. She's not yeah. the smartest, and they're like shit. <laughs> um, and they save them from yeah, a, so, no, it's it's the next episode, right? Because they save her. They are. Um, it turns out those thieves get dragon. picked up by a dragon, right? And yeah, because another character named uh, Carol is uh, when she appears, she's trying to eliminate Pecorina. Mm. Um, and so yeah, she like summons a dragon or you know makes it come, and then yeah, gets these two guys, and then they have to go and you know take down the dragon and save these two dudes and. Uh, for all of you Neko Mimi yeah. fans, Carol is uh has uh has cat ears. So there you go. Yeah, Carol was my favorite character in the instantly show. Instantly a better person and a better character. <laughs> yeah, <Carol>. instantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, second favorite. Uh my my real favorite is Saren. Uh who only gets a couple appearances. Yeah. But... I didn't um, want to tell you. I actually, I guess, like... I actually have two cop or I have a the swimsuit and the regular version of her in the game. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, you should send me those uh, pictures of those. Okay. I would love to see them. Um, like the first half of the show is them kind of uh, the, these four people: Yuki, Pecorine, Kokoro, and Carol, who they kind of convince to join them. Um, and she joins with ulterior motives. Um, but they form a gourmet foods guild, and it's kind of them undertaking tasks to uh, you know live that guild life. Um, just a, kind of like a a couple of little arcs and stuff. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Man, that swimsuit's good. I'd love to play that game, um, but it's it's hard to do anything when it's all in Japanese. Sure. Hopefully, someday we'll get it over here. Mm. Uh, yeah. So there's a sell the anime, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember where I was going. I don't see. I put the pressure on you. No. Uh, I'm I'm buckling. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's like there's some kind of like through lines that they kind of hint at over and over again. Uh, but for like the first eight episodes or whatever, it's just kind of these little arcs of them doing stuff with the the gourmet guild. Mm -hmm. Uh, like they go to this village to kind of help harvest nuts, and over the course of that, like there's these shadows that kind of start attacking people in the forest, and they have to save the people. 
Um, there's a dragon thing. There's uh, <laughs> this uh, little group of uh, young girls who want to form a guild. That they kind of and, uh, mentor. Yeah, they, they take them on a on a mock uh, um, adventure. Mock in quotes. Yeah. Um, also, I uh, one thing I will say, like a lot of through a lot of the show, um, uh, I I've said before that uh, a lot of mobile game anime i don't think do very well because they'll just drop a character and they'll be like you know who this is uh uh and it's like you know fans of the show are supposed to you know lose their mind and faint and all that kind of crap but like this show like they'll they introduce everybody everybody comes back they're recurring characters i think they do a very good job like putting you in that world and and making those characters more real than just here's reference a here's reference b here's reference c now the main characters yeah. are going to go do something because the characters do stuff with them. So like, I, I like that they had all the different guilds from the game. Um, and they were, con- they were, they weren't just in like one episode where like, Oh, we're going to help you with this adventure. They would show up in little ways or sometimes in big ways in other, in other episodes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of characters. That, yeah. Uh, we don't really see again, but yeah, there's a, a good number of recurring mm-hmm. ones. I mean, it's I. I think the like I liked the Grand Blue Fantasy anime a lot, but I like I always think uh-huh. back to that because like they had like their last episode where they're like character dump, character dump. You know who all these people, and it's like <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the the beginning is. I mean, some of it gets a little serious too. Like the um, the shadows like taking people over, and like uh, one of the girls has like a sister who like you know gets like abducted by the shadows uh gets taken away from her guild and stuff like that um i think that there's a good mix between the comedy which is really good and, and some of the more serious stuff yeah i uh, definitely got more serious towards the end as we kind of uh dove into uh pecorine uh, as a character and kind of like her backstory um because there's clearly, you, clearly from the start, you know, there's something about her that's uh, different from everyone mm-hmm. else. She's got this insane, you know, power. Uh, she's got, she wears a crown or a tiara or whatever. Yeah. Um, she's always insanely hungry. Always insanely hungry. And I'm glad that they explain why that is. Mm-hmm. It's not just like some weird character trait. Um, so she ends up being the princess of this city or whatever this country that they're staying in uh but due to the bad guy whose name i don't remember and don't really care to remember um everyone's kind of forgotten about her uh and the fox lady kind of like took her character like you know replaced her in everyone's minds uh she became uh whatever Pecorino's name actually is. The which I don't remember. The, the Fox Ladies uh is actually the big bad of the game too. Oh, um, yeah. actually I mean it makes sense. Uh, it, if you remember in the very beginning of the show, they show like the they show Yuki fighting with like uh, a bunch of girls. Um uh-huh. that's that's the uh the tutorial of the game. That actually happens oh, okay. in the tutorial. Yeah, it makes mm. sense. That's kind of how they do stuff. Um, but yeah, apparently the armor that Pecorine wears has like special properties that give her like enhanced strength and protection and stuff like that at the cost of her being 
immensely hungry all the time. <laughs> uh, so the trade-off for her power is that she is always yeah. hungry, uh, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. no, she like, and it, it never got like old or tropey or anything like that. It was always really, really fun and just super silly. Like, um, uh, the the restaurant that they they frequent that <laughs> serves bug meat. Oh God, I cannot <laughs> stand. Uh, maybe gag every time. Oh, I uh, hate it. But yeah, a, a lot of the show, like you, you'd expect a lot of it to get old, but I think they do a really good job with it. And yeah, like the reveal and stuff like that. I don't think they did a bad job with it. I think it was pretty good, and and it made her character way more interesting than just that hungry girl who's really strong. So yeah, yeah. Um, the ending. There's like this kind of. Uh, this shadow monster is like taking like or is like rampaging through the city because this fox lady whose name again I can't remember and don't care about um, kind of like released it into the wild and it was kind of like feeding on people mm -hmm. sucking in their souls and becoming this huge monster and it like attacks the city and so they have to kind of defend everyone from that. Yeah I think it's kind of like a Tamama no Mai situation um like that, the legend of you know, like or or like any of like the you know many-tailed fox spirit kind of things, or it's like, like she used to be really really strong, uh, but like there was a fight and like she lost a lot of her power, so now she's essentially using these shadows to take people's power and and uh, into herself and and she's trying to get back up to where she used to be. Uh, also, uh, before we we get into that, but like um, Yuki initially is like really really weak. Um, yes. But like the thing that that like sets him apart, it's it's kind of like that mobile game thing, like uh, with Fate Go, where you know it's not the master who's strong; it's the master. It's just kind of like a battery to keep the servants alive. Um, uh, that's essentially what in game, at least, and kind of to an extent in the show, um, Yuki can be strong. However, his main thing is he kind of unlocks. Um, he's got like the Princess Connect, where he can make them stronger as fighters. And like unlock special mm -hmm. abilities within them, um, and that's I think that's how it's put in the game too. Although I don't take my word for it because I was just trying to get by on what Japanese I could barely understand. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he like over the course of the show, he slowly, you know, learns stuff. He learns you know money's important and how to use it, and he learns how to actually say words and talk to people and. I think by the end of the show, he actually has a conversation with someone. So big steps for our uh, our main boy. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like this whole kind of uh, faction that we don't really know what's up with uh, that Yugi's kind of uh, attached to in some way. Like, I don't. There are these two characters that, that call themselves his sisters. I don't know if they're actually his sisters or not. No idea really. Um, and then there's this one lady who's kind of like the leader of these sisters who I assume might be his mom if those are his sisters, but we don't really know. They don't yeah. really say. Yeah. A lot of that would, I think is, is kind of the, what I mentioned before the, you know, we'll explain it in game kind of thing. Um, but yeah. yeah and I will say too, um, if you're interested, if you're willing to sit through, uh, wiki translations, um, that game is fucking hefty. I mean, yeah. huge. I mean, full animated cutscenes, huge and multiple, not just like the little intro. I'm talking 
every story has a full animated cutscene, hmm. um, like every major story, and then the the non-major stories, um, the like the character or the guild stories are like are still pretty big. Your phone, it's gonna take up a ass ton of memory on your phone. Not like it's not gonna kill your phone if you have like one of the more you know newer ones or whatever, but like yeah, it's a pretty hefty download. Is this? I'm just surprised. Is the game like so? The game it must be pretty popular, I would assume, in Japan. It's huge, yeah. Yeah, I did see some playing people playing it while we were over there. I didn't know what the hell it was at the time. Interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, like so, it it ends on on that note, right? Like they defeat the they defeat the sh- the big shadow and whatnot. So it doesn't really have like a a terribly conclusive ending. But again, yeah, it is a mobile game anime, so. There's only so far they can go with it. Essentially, they get to the part where, um, because Carol was working for the the uh, bad lady, essentially, um, like she gets her redemption, and that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is fine, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I was completely okay with where the show stopped. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't get another season, that's. It, that's fine uh, because I'm sure it, it continues in game. I'm sure it's more for the, the game audience. Uh, but for those of us who can't get the game right now, um, I mean, it's a good it's a good enough ending. I think it's um, satisfactory, and the the journey, especially with the uh, uh, all the comedy and like uh, stuff like that, and all the characters, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. Soromaru plays a llama for fuck's sake. How much more? Fun? <laughs> I I love that she and a llama that could turn into a cute girl. Oh god, she's so cute when she's a girl for Yeah, <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, I can't <laughs> believe Soromaru is a llama. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like they did pretty good. I like you mentioned this is an anime about a mobile game, and usually that's a pretty serious, like. It's not usually a good sign, but it sounds like they're better than usual. They, they could be really hit or miss for sure. But I think I think I remember watching this and thinking, man, this is the way you should do a mobile game um, anime. Um, I mean, like I do have questions about people like like Logan said, but I'm not left completely scratching my head over every new character. Um, and I, I found characters outside of the main party that I really, really liked as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Pecorino's name, real name, is Ustiana Van Estrella, um, and that's the name that uh, the wolf lady is using, because she's pretending to be her, even though they look completely different. And for some reason, I think there there, there was a line that I really loved um, by that blonde lady. Um, I don't remember her name. She was Seven? like one of the, the knights. No, no, no. She was like she was like the one in that like uh, shadow arc that kind of like was fighting everyone on the hill, oh, and then disappeared. She's like one of the knights of the place or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember what her name um, is now. But she makes a comment that's like, "Am I the only one that finds it odd that in a uh, like a, a city full of humans with two human leaders, our princess has fox ears or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, uh huh, uh huh, weird. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the humor a lot. Uh, I had a lot of fun with the show. 
The OP was a lot of fun too. It it, it did remind me of Konosuba's uh, ridiculous over the top OPs, like in terms of animation, like what they were doing in the OPs. Hmm. Um, I definitely recommend it. I I hope it does well. I hope it does well enough that this damn game comes over to our, our site because it is a very fun game. Um, and I I like the you know mobile RPGs uh, quite a bit and. I, I enjoyed my time with that game uh, and the anime, so I would like more. Sure. Four for four. Yeah. Sounds Absolutely. interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I'll give this show a four. Yeah, that's where I'm sitting. It's a four. Wow. Good show. Yeah. Um, I would definitely like more, but I doubt we're going to get any, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, I would like Kokoro's uh, oh fuck face as an emote. <laughs> Uh, we can we can work on that. <laughs> uh, you want to introduce this next and last one for us, Carlos? Oh yeah, 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 can do. Okay, the last show we're going to talk about today is another one of the shows that uh, we all watched together. That was uh, we selected um, the previous draft. Uh, this is Arte. Um, the show is a uh historical fiction um based on based in the uh renaissance in italy specifically in um florence i think it's florence yeah yeah florence and then they spend a little bit of time in venice but uh, mostly in florence um yeah this this show uh is about a girl named arte who uh begins uh, at the beginning of the show uh is a noble a very minor noble and uh she is very much into art and her you know father wants to encourage her her mother wants her to um learn the womanly duties of the time of the of the you know for nobles women because uh her thing is well she has to get married um when the father passes away arte is kind of uh her mom kind of pushes her like tries to burn all of her stuff and says you know no you're gonna you're gonna get married you have to get married for the family you know all that kind of stuff uh arte then uh goes and tries to find an art mentor um uh, even going so far like because everyone uh in florence uh, all the artists are like you know, hell no we're not gonna train a girl which you know for the time yeah, it makes sense yeah. um this, you know, kind of angers her to the point where she's like, fuck it, if you want me to be a man, she just she cuts her hair and then she threatens to cut her breasts off uh, at one point uh, as well. Um, but eventually she's taken in by a artist who was uh, formerly a peasant named Leo. Um, and uh, the rest of the show is kind of her learning how to be an artist. There's more to it than that, but, you know, that's that's just kind of like a brief synopsis uh, sure. of the show. Yeah, uh, I think that this show did a great job um, showing like her progression as a character. Mm. Um, I think there was a lot of growing done over the course of the show, and I I enjoyed the way that they presented that. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of the things that she kind of went through and things that people said to her um, that can be applied to you know 
real life and stuff like that. Um, um, and I love the. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I like early on, like uh, I, I, I say I agreed. I agreed early on and later on. I think towards the middle, um, I started to get a little bit winded with the whole because um, a lot of it was, and it, you know, it makes sense for the time. It really does. Um, was uh, like Arte would would have an assignment to do, and then it would be oh, you can't do that, you're a girl, and then her having to move her way out of that. Like, initially, I'm like, okay, this all makes sense. After a while, I was like, okay, this is this is happening a little too much. Um, but once they moved into the, the later arc, I was like, okay. I, I loved the later arc. I actually adored the, the Venice later arc. The Venice arc? Huh? Yeah. The Venice arc? Oh, yeah, in Venice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly didn't think I was going to. Um. <laughs> but uh but yeah i i will say uh from a historical standpoint it, a lot of it is uh very very well done the buildings the architecture the um uh the attitudes towards certain things the fact that the clergy was the like the end all be all patron because church had all the money um was all really 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 well done um uh, arte's reaction to the fact that uh veronica was an escort <laughs> Yeah, pretty spot on for the time. <laughs> um, and and even the fact that high class escorts would have had to have been very educated women, um, you know, uh, like her library and stuff like that, um, and and all the art, like uh, the fact that she was a patron herself, like Veronica's character, I love. I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I I honestly like coming out of the show. I don't think there was a character that I disliked in the show. I think I liked everyone uh, that had a name, at least. Uh, Because my anime list is kind of bugging out on me, um, and I can't see it, I don't remember his name, but her fellow apprentice... um, Oh, uh, Angelo? Yeah, I didn't hate him, but sometimes I was like, all right, go away, please. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) I'm sick of seeing your face. (laughs) Um, The one thing I could say that bugged me, and, and this is a lot of historical fiction does this and like America is 100% super guilty of this. Um, the fact that they would Eastern bow to each other. Yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. Italians hug, man. Fucking have them hug. And nobles, nobles bow, but nobles don't bow like that. Come on. Hand to chest. One foot back. Down. How hard is that? You had a little girl curtsy. Have the men bow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for yeah. for a show that was about the Renaissance, I felt it was very uninspiring. I thought overall there hmm. was nothing about the art or the the backgrounds. Of, I mean, taking place in Florence, Italy during the Renaissance, um, I didn't feel like it captured what I envisioned kind of that time as being, which was supposed to be one of kind of a lot of art and you know inspiration and people doing new things and my dogs barking in the background. Um, <laughs> right as I talk for the first time, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I felt I felt the I felt it was kind of I didn't think they did a good job of capturing what was supposed to be a pretty magical time in history. Or see, at least, th- see, that's that's a myth. That's such a myth. That's it's not a like <laughs> it like you got to remember like indoor plumbing was kind of newish still. I mean, like disease was still something people died a lot of. Like that, like. People well, really need I, to dispel this myth because, like, I'm not saying it was like the Disney fairy tale. I'm saying like some of the 
some of the most legendary works of art were created during that time. And architecture in, in Florence is obviously some of the most beautiful in the world. And I didn't feel, well, I could see that they tried. I just didn't feel like they did a great job of, of capturing what I would have, would have liked to have seen from that period of time or that era. I think um, like art wise, I think they did uh, translating art from that era into anime. I think, I think it looks good for like, it, I don't, I don't wouldn't want them to try to recreate like uh, Renaissance era portraits or Renaissance yeah. era frescas or Renaissance era um, ceiling murals. Um, I did I think, feel like they had a relatively low budget too. Like, and I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, for the art style, it, but I, I also did feel like, I don't know that the show had the greatest budget in the world. Like some of the other things I would have liked to have seen the streets more bustling. I would have liked to have seen, it, it felt like a lot of the time the streets were pretty empty. <laughs> Which just really? took me out of what was like, supposed to be a bunch of bustling merchant mercantile kind of district. I feel like there were plenty of people, especially like they're just thinking back. Like there's a time when she's like drawing on the street. There were people moving around then. There's the um, uh, the the time I say that like when she was trying to trying to capture like because she was trying to get Leo's approval. She was trying to draw over and over again like this one oh, that background. Yeah, this, a background for a painting. That's right. That's what she was doing. Um, there were people out there because people would come up and and see what she was doing and like oh a woman drawing um, yeah. but I, I, I don't, don't have screenshots was... or anything but there were definitely some times where I'm like literally there's no one on the street right now in the middle and, of the day and then but... I think they did perfect with um, uh, Carnival there were tons of people hmm. um, it was on and off I guess I, I think that was one of my issues that my main issue was and I think this is why I never connected with Arte as a character was I felt like she she didn't feel realistic to me at all as someone who grew up in a noble family um considering she went from living in luxury to living on a dirt floor essentially she never seemed to really struggle with that like she was just this i'm gonna prove everyone pull up my bootstraps i'm gonna prove everybody that women are really awesome um because that was the other thing that the author was really pushing the whole men were really pieces of shit back then. Like male chauvinism was like, you even had these shadowy meetings where the guys were like, Oh, there's no way that a woman could ever be a, um, and you know, one of my apprentices. And it was just like, really were men that much of pieces of shit. back then? I a hundred percent believe yeah, that. Dude, that's, that's not <laughs> I, at all. That's not at all fake. I mean, I think I feel like more of it would have been, I feel more of it would have been looking down on her than we're going to do everything we can to, to ruin her in some cases, or she, you know, I, I feel like it would have been treated more with disinterest than with See, this you, you, kind you of think that, but like with men and other men, like the, like the, historically speaking, we've not been the greatest people. And like, maybe it's subconscious, but like, like for example, the very first native American, uh, Olympian had to run without shoes because his, um, opponents who were all white decided uh he didn't fucking need them and they also tried to sabotage his feet um like people being scum is 100 percent historically accurate man i'm not like, saying it's not but it just it, it was a every single episode it was you can't do that because you're a girl she does it regardless of the fact that she's a girl and then everyone's like oh okay you impressed me and then the next episode it's again you can't do that because you're a girl. It just it felt like it replayed that entire well, see, that, that trope over. That's and what over I'm. And that's what I'm again. saying though. That like that's what I was saying about like how early on that's how it was, but later on that's not how it was at all. Like the Venice arc wasn't like that at all. 
yeah, I guess at that point I just I, I had lost interest in the character in general. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame huh. because that's probably the best part of yeah, the show. Yeah, I mean, I thought it just got better as it went on, yeah, um, I, I, and I thought it looked fantastic. Honestly, I, I, I will the, say, like my favorite, like I think listeners looked the best this season, but our show sure. is fine. I, I think the animation I, this, was actually pretty poor in the show. Uh, I mean, maybe um, maybe I was. I think it's. I think it started out kind of rough, but I feel like later on they like definitely found their footing see i don't mm. think it ever got remarkable enough for me to even think about well, no it. it was just it yeah was just there. it's not it that kind okay. of show though yeah like her yeah. character design was nice like she looked good the characters looked good but when it came to animating them i i felt like it was pretty rough most of the time i thought leia was kind of boring looking but i mean to be fair i think that was that was a design choice i think it was supposed to be like a you know oh here's his former oh, well, he's a gruff old yeah. man former beggar yeah. disgruntled old or yeah. middle-aged artist um yeah I, I guess I was just looking for more of the, as a girl who came from nobility, or not nobility, but what, I guess nobility. I don't know what you'd call what she came Kinda from. Kind of not she, really. She was a really low level. But she nobility. came from a very nice place, a, a very nice place. And she was wealthy. She was living in luxury. She had a beautiful home. Um, at no point do I feel like they did really the justice they should have to the struggles she would have felt as a young girl who had been spoiled beyond imagination her entire life to go to having absolutely nothing. Um, well, that's the thing, though, is I don't think she ever allowed herself to be spoiled. But mm, naturally, like, she was spoiled. Like, she had way more than anybody that we see the rest of the show that, you know, her peers, like, uh, in the mercantile area. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily true either. Like... Uh, peers maybe sure well, i mean some, she, of, some of them were nobles too some of the a lot um, of her customers are no nobility no, obviously but yeah. no i was gonna say some of the artists were nobles too some um, of, or, or former nobles or like they were like second third fourth fifth sons or something like that um but they typically live i mean they weren't living in a little hut you know like living in the ground sleeping i, in the I know that's dirt, but I, you know how much would that have really how much would it be like i don't know i'm not sure that would really have have I guess maybe it would have made her a tad more believable. But I'm not, I, again, I go back to the yesterday one. How much believable do you really want? I mean, uh, it's it's a a character show about artists and the Renaissance and the uh, yeah. I'm not gonna say it that way. Renaissance. Um, I I didn't I didn't connect with her character at all throughout throughout the entire show. It was just she just felt like a completely fictional, unbelievable character. So I, I guess huh. because of that, I, it made it really hard for me to enjoy any of the interactions she had with anybody. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, like, in, towards the middle, especially when we, we meet uh, Yuri, the noble who's yeah. interested, I thought I was going to hate him and I was going to hate everything that yeah, came after dude. that. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by, by how they sh that shook out. Yeah, both Eric and I were sure that he was just going to be some like pervy creep. Mm, yeah, same, um, same, same. Well, but I mean, he it, it's was kind of the way they bill it, right? The way they sure. Um, and um, yeah, because he wants her. He doesn't really say why. Um, but yeah, like once we kind of get to Venice, get to know him, uh, get to know his sister, and the whole situation there. Yeah, I, I really liked him by the end. Yeah, so quickly go over that, the, the whole arc that we've just kind of been dancing around. Um, Yuri, this noble who uh, is somehow affiliated with Veronica, somehow, <laughs> off, um, <laughs> uh, like takes an interest in Arte. Uh, eventually, he 
gets her to um or he he you know tells her hey i want you to come back to venice with me for some work uh arte as an apprentice like this is i'm like not unprecedented but it's like this is a big step um going off and doing something on your own um well it actually kind of was unprecedented because he offered her to be the like the family's portrait maker oh that's uh, yeah that's true as like an unproven apprentice um like a full-time one so and uh like she kind of she denied that yeah she she denies she kind of waffles for a long time and eventually um she agrees on conditions that like after six months or when the you know she's done uh she can come back um uh leo you know sees her off with a, a little miniature uh religious painting i forget what they call it um and uh she goes to venice where she finds out that not only is she to paint the lady of the house, uh, her portrait, she's also going to be the tutor for Yuri's niece. Um, I just lost her name. Catalina. Catalina, thank you. Um, and uh, Catalina is a very <laughs> unruly child. Um, so we spend a little time with Arte trying to figure out Catalina as her, you know, new charge, I guess. Uh, and come to find out Catalina is um, another noble who is interested in um, a profession that is outside her bounds normally. Um, Cat it turns out Catalina loves to cook, but as a noble, you're supposed to have the peasants cook for you. Um, so Yuri uh, has been like fostering her love for cooking by like, inviting her over to his estate, having her cook with his peasants, and they all cook together, and they all eat together, and uh, it's a grand old time. However, when Catalina goes home, she's, you know, essentially ignored. Invisible, yeah. Because yeah. her dad do. doesn't care, yeah, her dad doesn't care about uh, uh, girls. He only cares about the two boys, because they're, you know, who can inherit his business or whatever mm -hmm. and she's just going to cost him money because he has to marry her off or whatever yeah give her a dowry and stuff like that yeah at one point <laughs> wondering if he should just send her off to combat like this is all fairly accurate for the time sure especially because uh her thing was um she would pretend to be very very poor at the things they were trying to teach her um in yeah. terms of stuff and that was usually a sign of something wrong mentally and people would any kind of mental disorders, especially women, were usually shunted off to the convent. Um, not a great time in human history. Uh, but uh, honestly, I think she probably would have been happier at the convent. Probably. Eh, nuns are pretty strict. Um, sure. Uh, but, you know, they do cook. Anyway. Um, <laughs> give and take, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, eventually, Arte is just kind of like gets fed up hearing like after hearing her parents uh, Catalina's parents talk about her uh, and storms in and you know shouts down the dad and you know, reprimands the mom and um, uh, eventually I mean the dad doesn't change a whole lot <laughs> no he doesn't but he's he's just he shuts up because the mom actually speaks up yeah because I really like the the change that the mom had mm. 
like uh, the the whole scene between her and Catalina. Mm-hmm. That was a good one, because um, it was the first time the mom had ever spoken out spoken against up. the the dad. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, very different dynamic, social dynamic in the fifteen uh, hundreds. So uh, probably was kind of a dangerous thing if you didn't know your your husband's temperament. Considering you were probably <laughs> sold off to your husband at like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, um, sure. Um, yeah, uh, and then the rest of that is uh, like they they take uh, Catalina off to, or actually, uh, they're going to another artist studio, um, and uh, like they take uh, Catalina and, and all that stuff, and and during the trip, uh, one of the apprent- male apprentices. Uh, who's actually really cordial too, aren't they? Initially, um, yeah, I like them. He just kind of says something offhand um, that makes her think, you know, uh, that she's overly fortunate um, because she's a noble, because she's a painter, and because uh, she's made it this far this quickly. So she starts throwing herself into her work until she makes herself sick. Um, uh, at which, at which point, that you know, everyone else has to kind of reprimand her and be like, "Don't be a fucking idiot." Um, <laughs> and I, I, I do appreciate that the they brought the apprentice back uh, because Catalina went and yelled at him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and uh, I love Catalina. And he's like, "Hey, my bad. I didn't mean to say it that way. I, I, that was jealousy." Um. Uh, after that, she's uh, Arte is uh, offered a full time position by Yuri, like which is really really unprecedented. Essentially, he's like, "Hey, I'll be your patron. I want you to stay here in Venice and and paint for me." And uh, Arte, yeah, and he made it clear that he has no interest in her as a woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and our art. So this is purely like on her merits as an artist and a mentor for Catalina. Right. Right. And, you know, Arthur does have, you know, a, a think about it and, you know, thinks good, long and hard about it. And eventually she comes back and she's like, no, I'm not ready, uh, you know, to be done being apprentice to Leo. I'm going to go back to, you know, Florence and see all my friends and all that kind of stuff. And um, bids them farewell. And there's actually this, like, a really nice scene between her and Catalina. Um, mm-hmm where she promises to write her letters and stuff like that. And you, you, you get the sense that Arte has kind of uh, made a, a, a pretty big impact uh, on the family. Um, when Arte goes back, I think this is just the last episode. When, yeah. when Arte goes back, Leo, apparently uh, he has been painting a ceiling mural uh, for a church in Florence, uh, but he worked himself into fever like Arte did. Uh, but he's been uh, in bed with fever for like days and days and days. Um, and uh, Ubertino, who we haven't talked about yet, but he's this really rich um, art merchant, uh, basically comes to her and it's like, um, hey, you want to finish this? Because this needs to get done by Easter. <laughs> um, so she starts working on it by herself again. And all the people from Florence, you know, who she's befriended, the other apprentices and artists and whatnot, uh, show up and they all pitch in and have a hand in it. And Leo eventually gets better and <laughs> looks at her work and is like, yeah, you fucked up here. There's good. <laughs> you know, very, yeah. very art teachery. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I think the the one thing I enjoyed that like where it rounds out is like her mom sees it like the ceiling mural and is kind of touched by the fact that uh, Arte painted the people in her life as angels on the ceiling of this church. And I, mm-hmm. I really wonder now how many, because, you know, painting has to come from some kind of inspiration, but sometimes that comes from people. And I've seen the, sure. va- the Vatican's paintings. And it's like, I, would, I always wonder, like, if Michelangelo or whomever was thinking about someone well, as they were painting someone on that ceiling. Um, I Yeah, I would imagine. So I thought that was pretty cool because I'm like, yeah, that was probably, that is probably something that artists have done in the past. And like, you know what? I'm going to immortalize this person in my life. Even if no one remembers their name, you know, they'll <laughs> be up here for all time. And I'm like, oh. That actually was like, oh, wow. I never thought about that. Artists are human. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much where we end. I did like yeah. the uh, Ubertino arc. Kind of like the way he kind of taught a little bit of, I guess, bartering and kind of how to market yourself as, as a professional and Jesus Christ, I talk again and it's uh, someone is doing something outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I did like that piece. I kind of liked his character a lot, Ubertino. So uh, yeah. that was a that was a highlight for me. Mm. I liked him as Tough a old soft man. I liked him as a character who was like, she just sold art. He didn't give a shit about art. He mm-hmm. just was like, I just know what people like. I don't give a crap about any of this stuff. I'm just in yeah. it for the money. Overall, for me, I think this is a show that's just an example of a show that I, unfortunately, the beginning, you know, some shows we, the beginning hits us and we really love it and it carries us through the rest of the show. I think this is a show where the first few episodes lost me so hard and it might have just been the time that I watched them or the mood I was in when I watched them, but I Mm. found the character so not unlikable, but just unrealistic that I had a hard time taking the rest of the show seriously. Um, and it was very clear that the author had a very heavy handed feminist kind of message that they were trying to push. And I, I did feel like it was overdone, um, a lot. And I think once I picked up on that, uh, it just put a bad taste in my mouth every episode when they tried to really jam it in your face in this kind of like very heavy handed way. So I I have to be careful. I guess I, I guess I, I just didn't view it as feminist. I just viewed it as the times that the show takes place in because that's just how I have always heard that things are. Mm. But yeah, I think life in life in Catholic countries, like people forget what life was like when the church had reign over everything, man. And it does, it does say in the Bible, women aren't allowed to teach. That's punishable by death. Well then, so I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but she probably would have had it a lot harder than she did. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm not saying that's how that I wanted it to happen, but you know. What? But what what I'm saying is is what do you call it then? Like it makes sense that you know, because people would be like, you know, oh, who is this, you know, uppity chick who's like here trying to take our jobs? Like that has happened so many times in history. Oh, that's happened. Oh, who are these uppity insert Whatever, you know yeah. new people coming in? Sure, to, you sure, know, sure. Yeah. Um, no. That's fair. It, I I would have. I think I would have just liked to have seen her struggle a little more. I felt like she 
there was the right in the beginning i think this was one of the things that got me like she was a noble girl she in no way did she grow up lifting weights or with any type of you know strength training and there was that scene where she had to lift all of the um she had to move all those like tablets i guess or whatever they were um i forget what bags were they bags and she stayed up all night doing it and she fell asleep on the dirt floor and it was like this it just and then she just got up the next day and was like yeah i did it awesome (laughs) and i guess i was just like man i i would have liked to have seen a little more her I know that there was progression throughout the show, but I would have liked to have seen her suffer a little more in the beginning um, because of the decision that she made to give up her station as royal, you know, in the heights of society, or at least like you said, the upper echelon of society to throw herself into an urchin's life, essentially. Um, if If she started an urchin, I would have rooted for her a little more, but she made the decision because to kind of spit in her mom's face, to not go along with the arranged marriage, to go and basically live a life that she was not prepared to live or she shouldn't have been with the, the upbringing that she had. Um, and she didn't seem to pay consequences for that. And, uh, I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So (laughs) call me a male chauvinist, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I would have. What a pig, Jeff. What a pig. (laughs) I would have, like, I I have feel like I have to be really careful about what I say because I don't want myself, I don't want it to come across like I didn't want her to succeed, but I didn't see the way it happened as realistic. And it I had a really hard time connecting with her character because of it, um, throughout the show at that point. Um, I guess I just didn't care because I liked her character and yeah. I liked the the people around her and what she was trying to do was more important to me than 100% historical accuracy. Sure. No, but, and that, that's fair. You know, I thought yeah. Leo, too, was kind of weak. I, I liked yeah. Yuri. I liked Ubertino. Um, I liked Veronica to an extent. Um, Leo felt kind of just like your stereotypical teacher, I guess. Like, he didn't... And I didn't really like when they tried to push the romantic thing for a little while there I, yeah I, i'm um, glad that they kind of got over that pretty quick yeah yeah um so yeah i i it's i think a show that unfortunately it lost me early on in the beginning and it never was able to kind of earn my earn my interest back fair it's different for everyone i like the ed a lot the ed was really calming I want that song. I actually need to remember to pick that one up. <laughs> it was a nice, uh, nice kind of not just the song, but also kind of the the sequence itself was nice. Yeah, I like that they uh, kind of had like different art uh, for every ED, mm-hmm. like from the episode and stuff like that. So I don't even think yeah. I picked up on that. That's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, scores. I'll go first. Um, I really, really like this show. Uh, I love all the characters. Um, I thought it looked great. I love the story. I love the, the, just the progression of things, uh, the decisions made and stuff like that. Um, honestly, it was, I didn't watch a ton this season. This is probably my favorite from the season. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Nice. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, this is 
definitely not my favorite from the season, but I didn't hate my time with it. Um, historically speaking, I think uh, they did a really, really good job. Uh, there are some things that they could have done better, um, as I've stated before. Um, and um, yeah, I, I there were some ups and downs, but I think the ups kind of made up for the downs. Um, that being said, I don't know what I'd give this. Between a 3.5 and a 4. I'd say probably a 4. Okay. A 4 is good. I, I enjoyed it that much. I mean, it probably would have been a 3.5 had if the, the Venice arc was a little bit... Um, if I did, if I liked the, the Venice arc a little less. But yeah. um, it, it all rounded out pretty well for me. Um, not sure if I'd want more, but... I would love more. Give me more. I think I'm okay with, with what I got. Sure. Um, so, where do you think it would yeah. go with with more, if we had like another um, season? Like, where would you like to see it go? I guess I should say. I would like to see her make it on her own. Mm-hmm. You know, to to finally reach that stage where she can get her own place, start her own workshop, and she's built up that that clientele over the course of her apprenticeship. Because I mean, she's already got some great connections in Ubertino and uh, Veronica and Yuri. Um. And she's, you know, sure. she knows other people. So I think, I think there's a clear path for her to follow, uh, as long as she keeps at it. I, I think they could do a lot with the second season, just kind of showing her growth over I'm, time. I, I'm not gonna lie, I want a side season. I, I want Veronica's story. Yeah, yeah, seriously. There, yeah, there was, there, fun. there was one part where Veronica takes, uh, Arte out uh-huh. to show her a former escort oh, yeah. who had fallen really, really hard. So when Catherine the Great was a girl, like to scare her because her mom didn't have any boys. Her mom really, really wanted her to marry into a very wealthy family. And I mean, hell, she became the leader of Moscow. So um, sure. uh, her mom would take her to aunts who weren't married. And one, the one that stuck with her was an aunt that had nothing but cats. And I think it said that like she never forgot like the smell of cat urine. Mm. um and because and and people would do that to you know like nobles would do that to their girls like you want to end up like you know fucking aunt gertrude over there is like you've got nothing but fucking cats and it's crazy as shit it's like that's that was the attitude either you married or you were fucking worthless so i i like the way it went but i think veronica like arte is an interesting character i think veronica's veronica's more of an interesting character yeah because to be a sex worker in in super religious Italy in the Renaissance era, whew, holy shit, you are playing with fire. For sure. <laughs> um, I it's I'm being relatively negative. I think you guys have done a good job of you know describing some of the good things about it. Um, but I don't. I didn't enjoy the show. Uh, I didn't. Hmm. There wasn't much that I found enjoyment in in the show. And I think it was again not to say that there wasn't good in it. Like I said, there were there were some characters and interactions that I liked. Um, but unfortunately I was pulled out of it by some of the things I've already mentioned. So, um, I think, I think I'm going to give it a 1.5 <laughs> just to be fair. Okay. I mean, I gave yesterday, I think a two, so I don't feel like I enjoyed this more or as much as yesterday. So cool. Yeah, no, sounds good. Uh, that rounds to a 3.5. So bad. Yeah. I think that's in line with uh, my enemy list, so we did it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> we are the collective. I'm not sure if I'm proud of that. Let's... <laughs> Can we tweak our scores one way or another? <laughs> <laughs> just round it. Everything's up to, a five. Round it up to a four. Just, just so we're better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so that's the um, what is it? Spring. We had, we had spring, spring season. We discussed this already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting season, as we kind of mentioned earlier in the cast, uh, with the several shows that were coronavirus omissions. Um, I think. Apari Ranman was one that we didn't review yep. that we would have. Uh, there were Diary of so, Days at the Breakwater. That was, was another one I, I was excited about. Yeah, that was the other what Dogokoba show that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they, they stuck with the wrong one. Yeah, Gal and Dino. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that show. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we'll ever see those shows. I'm hoping we will. Uh, Breakwater's coming back this season. Good. So. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was... A mixed bag, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, i I think it yeah. was a, I think it was a good season. I think it, it's probably safe to say that the shows that, the shows that, there wasn't anything that was just kind of there. There wasn't any of those shows that were just like purely like fan service trash shows. Or there, I mean, it seemed like every show that went through was had a had a story to tell. Like it was there was sure. a purpose. Um, you know, every season we've got those shows that. I don't know. I don't know why they those shows exist. But I'm sure those. I'm sure those shows were out there, but we just didn't. They probably were <laughs> didn't watch them. We've gotten yeah. better at at clipping the clipping those weeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I sound I sound pretentious. <laughs> but yeah. Which I guess leads me okay. to the hard the hard part of this cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um we have uh so, yeah some updates and some news yeah um but i think uh the stage is jeff's right stage now just mine speaking of clipping weeds no just kidding uh, um, <laughs> oh no jeff no <laughs> <laughs> um unfortunately guys uh for for you listening i think um it's the time has come for me to probably take a step back uh from my my role on the podcast is very difficult for me to, to say so i apologize if i get emotional and i hope i don't <laughs> i'm usually pretty good at keeping myself together but um as a uh, primary host i guess or a, a um frequent voice on on the cast uh, unfortunately life in general has made it difficult to continue keeping up with uh like the the seasonal kind of style that we have and in general just kind of keeping up with everything it's kind of to be totally honest with everybody it's made it harder for me to enjoy watching anime and i don't want to get myself to the point where i literally just hate everything yeah <laughs> so i think at this point it's gonna be time for me to step back uh not to necessarily say goodbye to everybody i expect i'll still be around but uh, you won't be hearing as much of me for the foreseeable future so um it's with uh, great regret that I have to report that to you guys. <laughs> I, I think it's it's sad that, you know, that this is the way that it is. But I think it's a healthy decision. I appreciate uh, it. And I, I'm fully supportive of uh, of it. Thanks, man. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll still be around. I, I don't think it's going to yeah. change anything about kind of my my presence probably in the community and in the uh you know talking to people i don't think i talk very much in the discord now as it is but when i do <laughs> i don't know that it'll change yeah. much um 
obviously. And and it's not like uh, <laughs> you're like we're not kicking you out or anything like mm. that. And if you ever want to come back and like talk about a show, mm. like this isn't like just for the listeners. This isn't like because we had this talk, so you know, <laughs> Jeff, but, you're like, gone. You're, you're, <laughs> you're fired. You're done. Um, um, but like <laughs> you're the you know, weakest this, link. Like, Goodbye. He he may come back at some point, but you know, like. We don't want him, like, we don't want anime or anime arcade especially to, you know, conflict with his real life or, or to make him feel like, you know, he doesn't want to watch uh, anime anymore. Um, so, we, and which is kind of a thing that's kind of been uh, on some of our minds. Uh, but, like, you know, say sometimes you got to take a step back. Yeah, yeah. We'll still talk, I'm sure, just as much. Just not, won't be recorded and we won't be talking about seasonal anime as much, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's been it's been a good run, guys, and I look forward to all of the fruits. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm trying to be sentimental, but yeah. um, you know, it, it's it's been an emotional decision for me to come to, and I love all you guys who have listened. And uh, uh, yeah, you'll see me again. Yeah, this won't be the last time. Um, uh, but that's not all that we have to share. Um. Because of this decision, and Carlos and I sat down and talked for a while after Jeff told us that he was going to take a step back, uh, we've decided on some larger changes to uh, the show in general. Um, let me see. What did we decide on? I didn't actually write it down. Uh, so for like seasonal stuff, um, we've decided to kind of just take a step back overall. Uh, mm -hmm. we're not going to do our draft casts, um, especially with just the two of us. And we're not sure, you know, about bringing anyone else on, um, and did everything like that. Live Go stream ahead. the last one. We did. But yeah. So if you, if you watch that, we're going to, we're going to ax that guys. Yeah. So that's in the past. Uh, yeah. we're not going to release that episode. Uh, we didn't release that episode. Um, even though the live stream is up there. So you can go mm -hmm. see our thoughts on the anime for this season if you wanted to, but it might already have expired. Eh, maybe, maybe we could always go save it or something real quick. Um, our plans kind of going forward, uh, less episodes, uh, overall, we already, you know, don't do a ton, but uh, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break, uh, at least for this season. Um, at the end of the season, we'll probably do a review cast. Uh, of whatever we watched for the season, mm. but we're not going to commit to anything um, as we just kind of uh, figure out how we want to proceed. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. We're also going to be take. We're we're still going to be doing anime arcade, sure. Because um, you know we still very much want to do this, but we need to kind of step back and take a season to kind of figure out how we want to do this. Um, whether we want to stay as a duo, whether we want to add more voices, less voices. Well, Definitely not. Yeah. Less voices You're gone, more. Carlos. It's just <laughs> We're going to fight. There can only be one. It'll be a okay. Highlander. <laughs> we'll Minecraft fight. We're nerds. Come on. Okay. Sounds uh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So we are going to, we are going to be taking a step back as well, but we will still be uh, covering stuff. It's just like for this season, we're just going to kind of cover stuff that we want to watch. Um, and we'll be in this time, like banding about ideas, uh, you know, because. Uh, we want to keep it fresh um, for you guys, but yeah, and we uh, don't want to burn out. To, yeah, yeah, and we definitely need to rethink how we're going to do stuff uh, because, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to burn out, and and I'm, I'm not going to lie, like uh, the obligation to watch um, 
and I, I think I kind of speak for all of us, the obligation to watch really does make it. Um, it's, it's, it's a job, essentially. Yeah, and, and while we do have the Patreon, which actually we'll get to in a second now that I'm thinking about it, um, uh-huh. like initially, like it was, you know, for it started out as something like we just kind of did for fun, and then it became like, a, God, I got to do this. And like, especially... I won't lie. That's on me. Honestly, a lot of this is on me. Uh, the uh, the decision to like be like, no, we got to stick with these shows. That's my fault. And man, we watched <laughs> some fucking stinkers over the year because of that. Um, I'm glad we we eventually changed it, but I think even still, like you know, the uh, we we kind of set the course for that. So I think going yeah. forward, doing review casts, like expect maybe less shows, but shows that we're more excited to talk about. You yeah. Know? Because we actually wanted to stick with them. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. In regards to the Patreon, uh, for the foreseeable future, we're going to just put it on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not confident in our ability to provide, uh, you know, what we think that it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we appreciate everyone that has supported us so far. Um, and for those that do support us, expect a message soon because uh, we do have something planned for you guys. Yeah, as a, stick around as keep, a thank you. Following. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Patreon is going to go to the wayside at least for now. Uh, for the foreseeable we'll, future, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how we feel about it down the line. Um, all of the stuff that we had, like you know, committed to for it, like the Nanabiori cast. Uh, the Pokemon, the Guitari cast, um, will we will do? Mm-hmm. Um, just not hundred percent sure when yet. We'll figure that out. Um, I think the other thing, uh, the other kind of product of the Patreon, the Idle Hour podcast, uh, we plan on continuing that because we think it's fun and interesting and worth doing. So, um. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still excited to do that, and I think that that'll be that's kind of another um, uh, thing from the Patreon is is you know we, we want to keep that going because you guys did get us to that goal, and we don't want to stop just because it's like oh we're not getting money anymore. So yeah, um, it, a it's something we we enjoy and we want to do, and and b and you know keep evolving, and and b you know it's it I hope that it's kind of like a you know thank you to you guys who. Uh, supported us initially and got us to that goal so damn quickly yeah um, so um, um let me see was there anything else and we'll still be like, we're we're still definitely going to be around uh for those of you who haven't joined the discord i mean still do um yeah we're, we're not going nothing's going to change there yeah 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 we're, we're still, still going to do be, group watches still do yeah. we we still have stuff. people who play league we me logan and jeff are all still going to be playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, uh, I started up a Minecraft server. If you like Minecraft, it, join yeah. us. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I, we'll always like. There'll be. I. I don't think it'll be as planned because like, uh, we we won't have the Patreon anymore. But I'm sure that like, ever like it, it used to happen like before we had Patreon like where we would just be like, hey, who wants to play Jackbox this weekend? And like you know, people were like, ooh, me, 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 and like there was always like a huge turnout like. We'll still have like game nights and stuff like that. So like, if you're interested in joining the community, or if you've ever been interested in joining the community, this this kind of step back isn't an indictment that you shouldn't. I mean, we're we're yeah. still here. 
podcast. Right. Community is still incredible, and we yeah. appreciate every single one of you that have joined mm. us yeah. for making it fun. Yeah, I'll, I will third that. You guys are wonderful. And I think from the sounds of it, you guys are still going to be, there's still going to be podcasts released on probably a basis that's similar to what it was, right? I mean, you're not, you're not going to we'll go see. dark. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm still going to be doing like uh, the anime chats with uh, Eric. Um, mm-hmm. I've got one kind of almost ready to go and then we're almost done with another show. So there'll still be content on the feed. <clears throat> uh, but just, I guess, keep your expectations for stuff low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is what at, le- at least for the next season or so. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we definitely, uh, we're going to take some time and uh, we'll, we'll uh, come back at it and see what we're going to do uh, after this next season and whether or not we want to, you know, go back at it. I don't, I don't think it'll ever be the same, like with the draft cast and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but hopefully we can make it better. Yeah. So, absolutely. Well, we've said our piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> I feel I no, feel guilty. You have already. nothing to apologize for. To, no, yeah, yeah. Jeff. To you I guys refuse to accept your. Uh, yeah. You're sorry. Um, no. I mean, for those who have enjoyed what they've had, uh, I, I definitely, I, I don't feel confident that I would have been able to continue to give you the same quality entertainment <laughs> that I've been able to give you up to this point if I continued. So, yeah, nah, it's all good. And, and like we said, I mean, we might see you again, uh, on anime arcade and maybe on idle hour. I'm, I'm sure you'd be very, you'd still be interested in yeah, doing that. If anything, I'm getting more and more into the idols. <laughs> yeah. So. so, I mean, it's like, probably going to be a very interesting episode this month. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, we all just yeah, th- this got together and watched something last night that was, was something. Very good. Yeah, it was something for sure. It was really yeah, it's wild, impressive. So. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, if you would like to join us on our Discord to uh, keep up with everything that we have going on, uh, you can find us on our various social medias. We're on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We're on Facebook at facebook dot com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Um, our website is animearcade.net. Our email is mail to animearcade at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up, let us know. We'll get you an invite and uh, come have fun with us. But yeah, I think it's going to do it for this one. Yeah. So, unless you guys have anything else, that's it for me. Love you all. Love you. I love <laughs> you, Jeff. Thanks, man. Love you too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Thanks for listening. Uh, fine. I love you. Oh, see, it's a, we finally uh, said it. It only took yes. us what a hundred and how many episodes? <laughs> yeah, God. All right, cut, four cut plus cut years. Cut yeah, the credits. Peace. <laughs>